0: Welcome to the People of Chattanooga podcast. I'm your host, Luke Swab. Today on the show, I have Lewis Armistead. Lewis is Lewis. I don't know anyone else like him. He is a downhill skater, musician, singer, mountain biker, and now successful bar owner with his masterpiece on Station Street called the Boneyard. My simple words in this introduction cannot describe the magic that was created during our conversation. So with that, I bring you the one and only Louis Armistead. Okay, and we are live recording finally after some technical hiccups. And I'm with Louis Armistead. Is that, did I pronounce that right? Yeah, that's correct, man. Right on. Yeah. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, yeah. You... I'm here
1: for technical hiccups and all.
0: <laughs> I do hate hiccups, though like the actual like the the bowel move it's not bowel move but the uh <laughs> yeah it's like uh <laughs> the respiratory malfunction is that what? whatever is? it is
1: yeah if i'm like driving home and i'm like two blocks away from my house and i have hiccups yeah i'll still stop at a gas station and like get water yeah <laughs> that's how much you dislike I them. do not like hiccups
0: what is the longest you've had hiccups for i keep it really short <laughs>
1: Probably like if I'm stuck somewhere and can't move for like an hour or something, hiccups for an hour. I mean, I, I'm just saying that top of my head. Maybe it's like, maybe it's like when you're like in a really bad situation and it's like that lasted two hours, but really it was like 30 seconds. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it feels, it feels <laughs> maybe it's way. like a trauma incident where you're like, you know, like underwater on the river or something, and you're like, <laughs> oh, I was under for like 10 minutes, dude. And it was like 45 seconds. So right. Maybe maybe I hiccups only lasted like five
0: minutes, but... What, what about um, <laughs> metaphorical hiccups? How would you feel about those? <laughs> or are you just a blanket statement for hiccups? <laughs>
1: yeah, I think... Uh, I think the metaphorical hiccup doesn't bother me as much, you yeah, That's okay. fine.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we had some metaphorical hiccups <laughs> to start this show, but... <laughs> Uh we're working through it and we got the water, so we should be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well um should be all right. you are a man, a very interesting man, of many talents. And uh let's start with um you racing down the mountain on a stand up skateboard, a longboard? Yeah. How did how did that happen and what got you interested into and what's that even called? Is it downhill longboarding? Yeah, like downhill skating. Yeah. You know. Paint us a picture. When was the year? What was the culture like? And what got you interested into that?
1: Uh that particular time, uh you're referring to like the like video that went like locally viral. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean, I think I've probably started pushing around on a longboard in, like, 2009 or something. Um, I got injured mountain biking. And I had a friend that was just, like, cruising around on a longboard. I'm like, oh, that's a good way to, like, just, like, have some fun. Just, like, not get hurt and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so over the next, like, few years, I just, like, got, like, more and more into it. And... uh I don't know when that video drop is probably like 2013 or I don't know. But yeah, so yeah, I just like progressively was trying to go fast. Yeah, I just like going fast.
0: Were you wearing, and, when you say it looks like a good uh, thing to do while you're healing from the mountain bike and not get hurt, um, were you wearing helmets or pads or um, leathers? I
1: mean, initially I was doing like the classic longboard thing where you just like, look like an idiot and you're just like pushing around and like carving up like parking lots. You know? Yeah. Parking garages. Maybe. Yeah. Like parking garages. Yeah. yeah. Ride the elevator up, ride the parking garage down. Yeah. Um, and then at some point I guess I just started like, yeah, once my like knee healed, I think, I think it was the knee. Once my knee healed, then I was like, you know, like this is sick. Like I want to go fast. <laughs> yeah. then I was like full in. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like the progression of like downhill skating is basically like looking like an idiot, like pushing around town all on board and then you get like more excited and you're like, Oh, I'm going to bomb this hill, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then you like pick some hill and then you like you and your buddy, you're like, yo, let's like just like go down this man.
0: So what was, and c- then you get like as fast as you can down and you're like, Oh, that was so sick. Like what's next? <laughs> well, what, what, what was the, um, the progression from like parking garages and looking kind of funny to kind of the first real hill. Um, and do you remember what hill it was? Uh, I remember like, when
1: I moved to Chattanooga, um, yeah, I mean like basically like you have to be able to stop. So like, yeah, you like bomb a couple hills and then you're like, Oh, this is like really dangerous. I cannot stop. This is a really bad situation. I need to learn how to stop. And then you learn how to slide where you like kick your board out sideways. Mm -hmm. And you have like in
0: in front of you and you're like, you have like slide gloves on. So
1: you like can put a hand on the ground, kick the board out sideways. And then like your method of stopping is like, the wheels sliding on the ground yeah like friction yeah is just and uh so like yeah i think most people like bomb a couple of hills have to blow through like a stop sign or something and they're like "Ooh, this is
0: terrifying like i need to stop then you learn to like how to slide and stop and stuff. that slide i'm thinking of like <laughs> hockey players how they kind of turn their skate sideways yeah. is that kind of good analogy? Yeah, yeah yeah for sure okay yeah. um and, and does that always go
1: fine The stopping? No. Like, yeah, you, like, learn how to slide, and then you're, like,
0: really overly confident, and you're like, oh, this is sick. I can stop now. I can do anything. Yeah. And I got (laughs) to imagine, like, smooth asphalt probably goes okay, but then you get some chunky stuff, and how does that
1: go? Yeah. The, yeah, being able to ride through, like, nasty stuff is definitely, like, (laughs) there's, yeah, it's it's an actual, like, thing in, like, the downhill skating scene Yeah, to, like, ride through some, like, some chunder, you know? (laughs) <laughs> like when you're watching a video of a dude and you see little pieces of gravel flaking up and like potholes everywhere and like it's super gnarly, then like that's a whole nother like thing. that's like a
0: subculture of the subculture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I mean, yeah, so it was a long progression of like sliding, eating it, you know. The nice thing is like you are really close to the ground. So like I mean, when when we got to the point where we were writing down like lookout signal, you know, like all the b- bigger mountains locally, Mount Eagle, uh, M- Mulberry Pike Road, whatever the mountains that on. Yeah. Uh, I mean at that point, like <clears throat> you kind of know for the most part, you kind of know if you're going to fall. And then even if you're falling like 40 miles an hour, you're still like right beside the ground and typically just kind of come away with some road rash. Yeah. I mean, it's brutal, but it's not like, you know, like if you're falling that often on like a road bike, like you'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just not, it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not feasible to do that. You like, know, like, how,
0: how, like how many, how, what are the odds that you fall going down, down like a big mountain? Like how often is this like one time or like every five sessions you fall? Um, It kind of depends on
1: like, it, it all depends on like what road you're going down. Um, like, you know, there's some like mountain roads locally, like Burkholder Gap on the backside of lookout. Oh yeah. That's just like a straight bomb. You know, like there's like the top section has some corners, but then it's just like a straight bomb. So I mean like as long as you like know how to control your speed wobbles. Yeah. You know, like you can be going sixty miles an hour, but like there's a really low chance you're gonna fall. As long as you know what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Whereas like if you're going down like uh like W Road or something that's like You know big hairpin turns and like slides like you might fall you know every few sessions but uh typically like if you fall you're probably like already like in a slide or something yeah and so then at that point like you're already like on the ground so if you eat it like you're basically your body's already on the ground so it's mostly just like like some road rash what about like guardrails yeah, I definitely slid on a, under a couple of guardrails.
0: Ooh, under them.
1: Yeah, so that's that's definitely a big danger factor. I mean, cars being in your lane, driving the wrong way. Like, Howie Mountain is, like, the worst for that <laughs> out in the Koei. Yeah. Because it's, like, there's no, like, lines. And, you know, cars are just, will just, like, whip around in the other lane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there's a video of my buddy Dre on. Um, we had like a like professional film crew out one time <laughs> and <laughs> we were filming out of like back of a car in front of him. So like the car is in front of him filming out the back of it. And like he's probably going like 35, 40 miles an hour down Chillahoe. And some big truck took up the lane, like the whole lane. And so the like camera car had to stop in front of Dram very quickly. And he just like basically had to like try to throw a slide down and then it's like shot off the side of the road at like 30 miles an hour into the woods. Wow. So, I mean, like, it's, it is very dangerous, but it's not like, it's not more dangerous than other action sports, I don't think. So, was well, he okay in that situation? Yeah. 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 The video is excellent. It's <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> I need to watch that one. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people watch that video me going down the and they're like, Oh, this is a crazy dude that just like hopped on skateboard and, like rode down the mountain. And like, that's kind of true. But at the same time as like years of, yeah, like, you worked riding. up to it. Yeah. Like we were doing that run down. <laughs> i worked at rock city for a while. Um, like picking up trash. Um, and so I had free like incline tickets. Oh. <laughs> so like every day, like me and my buddies would just like, Ride up the incline and then like ride down and just like shuttle it like that
0: what was your what was your route from from the incline down, or did you do like ox all the way by um rock City?
1: No, nah, typically just like pop out the incline, yeah, and then the road going down to Sannic Highway from the incline's actually pretty sick too, yeah, there are like a couple like really sweet corners
0: over there as well, so yeah, the whole way down's a blast, but um, yeah, so, so how did this uh how did this viral video? happen
1: I don't know I literally took like a really mediocre like digital like just like if <laughs> if you remember the age of like the digital camera yeah. like the really bad point and shoots yeah I basically took a really bad point and shoot and just like taped it onto the top front of my like my buddy's hood yeah <laughs> and then just like rode down just to show one of my friends like that doesn't live here what down what we were doing Cause he's like, I don't what's what's downhill skating? Like I don't get this. I'm like, oh, I'll show you, man. And so I just like tape it, like pointy shoe in the front of my buddy's car, and we just like ride down. And I don't like edit it at all, you know? Like we put zero effort into this. Yeah. And then like a few months later, someone I worked with was like, dude, that video going down? Look how sick. And I was like, what are you talking about, man? Because I like half forgot I did that. And then like I was like, huh, that's weird. And I checked and like, yeah, it started getting like you know, like 10,000 views. and like, that's, that's strange, you know? <laughs> and then, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was weird. And like all the local homies in the Southeast, cause it's a pretty tight knit group of people that like went to downhill races and stuff. They were all like making fun of me <laughs> because like, <laughs> it's like (laughs) if you know what's up it's not it's not cool like (laughs) i'm like air braking i foot brake at one point because i just put fresh wheels on that morning yeah and so i didn't really want to like break because you have to like break wheels in when you slide because it has like a like a coating basically from the factory so you have to like break them in and so i like pop the wheels on and started riding down the mountain and i was like oh man like i didn't break these wheels in yet like i don't really want to like I don't want to slide these like on senior highway for the first time. Yeah. And so like the video, like the video, if you like downhill skate is like pretty lame, it's like not cool. (laughs) So I was also just like embarrassed. I was like, Oh, why is this happening to me? Everyone's gonna make fun of me, man. Yeah. (laughs) so that was another aspect of it
0: but. yeah but the majority of people won't know only like that small community yeah it was just funny but, like, i know that is it was just funny my buddy texted me like
1: hey man nice video dot 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 you know? yeah it's like
0: it's like if you get a viral video of yourself you want you know it to be your best material that you <laughs> yeah. have you don't not want. like
1: your worst material yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean like you know as, as far as viral goes like it was like viral in like Chattanooga, local you know? viral like, like people at bars should be like oh yeah you're the guy that did the thing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it wasn't like viral, you know, it's like, do you get any free drinks? Out of yeah. It? Oh, sweet. Yeah. I got,
1: I got some free stuff, man. This is a pretty sweet, like two month run of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: awesome. Oh, uh, is, is the, this community, um, growing or stabilized or shrinking like the downhill? Oh, it's dead. It's dead. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so dead. Uh, wh- why did it die?
1: Um, Like, if you look at action sports, typically, like, there's, like, an excitement period. Yeah. And a lot of people are getting into it, and it's, like, super sick. And, uh, you know, like, any, like, newer action sport or something, like, interesting that's happening. And then, like, everyone gets better and better and better. And then eventually, people get too good. And it's either, like, do this thing or you're going to die. You know, like, motocross stuff.
0: I was just going to say motocross. Yeah, like, Like, motocross stuff. Like, it started
1: out with people, like, doing, like, cool stuff. And then at some point, it's, like, insane maniacs doing, like, quadruple backflips, like, 80 feet in the air. And then, like, a kid doesn't want to get into it because it's just, like, that's crazy. Yeah, it's too unobtainable. Yeah. So, I mean, it was the same thing with, like, longboarding. Like, it started out with, like, nerds doing, like, dancing on these, like, really long decks and then like yeah yeah like the progression from like two probably like 2005 or something 2003 to like 20 I don't know 15 16 was insane like it went from like nerdy dudes that like just like were doing like longboard dancing right to like kind of was, like
0: imitating surfers when they get up on the front of the board and stuff, or yeah,
1: they, yeah, just like really like dorky stuff,
0: like moving their feet around some footwork, and is that what you mean, or, yeah, like
1: yeah. yeah, it went from like groups of kids doing like something really dorky and fun together <laughs> to some dude going like eighty miles an hour down a mountain, doing like stand up slides where like if he doesn't do this, like he might just like fall through and die, yeah, you know, like <laughs> at that point, it just died, it was like this isn't, and then like. All the local spots were getting so blown up, like everyone's getting arrested, and cops are always there. And yeah, you know, so did,
0: did this ever make X Games?
1: Uh, like
0: I remember the luge where you'd like lay down, but I don't quite remember.
1: Yeah there there have been two different times where longboarding was like potentially going to be the in the Olympics. Oh wow, yeah, but I don't think it ever actually happened. I think they did like test runs, and there's like, nah, this is silly. So
0: how how good were you as far as like, were you in the upper level of skill with in this community? I mean, in Chattanooga, yeah, but you know, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you had events. Were you winning? Did you ever? Probably,
1: probably uh, I mean, or... like kind not really i mean you know like as far as like people that were like really serious i was like mediocre yeah like there were like multiple guys locally that were probably like my buddy was like faster than me um uh this guy greg hume og homie like he's probably faster than me so i mean like if yeah like in chattanooga like there just weren't that many of us doing it but that's the fun part of the progression is like you know like you start doing this in your town and you're like, Oh, that dude's faster than me. Like, I need to go faster. You know,
0: like I got to go fast, dude. You
1: know? So it starts out like that with you and your buddy, like, yo, you think we can, like go faster
0: than that guy. Like, so are you time in each other. Is that how most you- just like head to head? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so t- you both like, just like drop in like, like a legit race, like not time trials. I mean
1: like not a legit race, but like, you know, you like see some dude out that you know is fast, and you are like, yeah. "Yo, you want to like go skate tomorrow, dude?" <laughs> you know, and then you just like drop in the top of the mountain, and you are like, "What's up?" Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're also like,
0: you know, they're also like races
1: in the southeast. But
0: do you want to be? Do you want to be a bigger, per- like a heavier person to go fast? Um, that's
1: like, yeah. So <laughs> if there is like a straight bomb, yeah, I mean, what do you then like it's weight? I'll probably win <laughs> because I'm a big dude, you know, like, and like, it's just, that's really frustrating to all the smaller guys. Yeah. Cause there's like no skill involved. It's just like, who's, who's fatter, you know? <laughs> and I always joke with people like, uh, you know, mountain biking or downhill skating. Like if yeah. I'm like, if there's some dude that's like really fit, but I'm faster than him, yeah. I am just like, man, you can go to the gym last dude. Like, <laughs> You have no chance. I'm way fat than you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like you're going to the gym too much. You want to go fast? Eat a bagel, dude. Like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I was like mediocre. So, like, if you actually look at like people that like sleigh, like you know, like I had a good time. Like I did really fun stuff. I was like going fast, but I mean, compared to like you know some of the kids in Asheville and like you know, I mean, I, I was okay.
0: Did you ever go down Robert's Mill? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I want to say I, I say I went down Robert's yeah. Mill, but I tried
1: to go down Robert's Mill.
0: Did you ever make it to the bottom without crashing? No. <laughs>
1: no, absolutely not. The first time I tried to go down Robert's Mill, it was like. I don't know. It was like midnight or one in the morning or something.
0: On a full moon or what? How, how do you see the moon was out? Okay. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, yeah. So night runs are actually really nice. Okay. Um, at least like the first time, I'll back. The first time I went down Lookout was yeah. like three in the morning. I had no business doing it. Like I wasn't good enough to do it to get on scenic. Well, at some point, you got to do it. But, yeah, we're like, yo, let's go. And that that was crazy. We just, like, taped flashlights on the front of the decks some and, like, had, like, headlamps on. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd go, like, we'd, we'd like, get going, like 30, 40, like, 30 miles an hour or whatever and be like, ooh, this is too much, and, like, throw down a shutdown slide to, like, stop yeah. and then, like, start again. And these <laughs> like, are probably bad headlamps, too. Just being this idiots, is- you know? Like, we were just being idiots. Uh, and then I think we pushed all the way to the Tiftonia Walmart because we thought that'd be funny to, like, meet someone at the Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> Is that the one Lookout Valley? Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, anyways, yeah, that was dumb. But, yeah, night runs are nice, though. You just get a car, like, right behind you. And then you can, like, really see all the gravel mm. and, like, little, like, stuff on the road. Yeah. Because, like, the headlights, like, really pop. Yeah. And then you can also see, like, cars coming up from, like, a far ways away. You can see, like, the headlights in the woods or whatever hitting the trees, and you're like, no, there's a car coming, so. And probably less traffic to begin with. And less traffic, yeah. Yeah, like, going down lookout, the real problem was, like, tourists going really slow. Oh, yeah. Like, you come around a corner going, like, 45, and there's, like, some, like, guy going, like, 20 miles an hour in a car. And, like, that's actually the hardest thing to, like, <laughs>
0: account for, because you're not, like, not ready for it. Yeah. That's just weird, Yeah. You know? No, I'm, I've, I have the same problem. I, I'm, uh, like, riding road bikes, and... Down the hills, you run into traffic. You wouldn't think about it. but No, you don't think about it, yeah. Have you ever passed a car going downhill?
1: Yeah, yeah, I passed a car in Scenic before. Yeah,
0: how'd that feel?
1: Oh, that was... <laughs> that rules, yeah. No, it does. <laughs> Nothing that's rules a... like passing a car, like going down a mountain. like Whether you're on a bicycle or like... I know. I mean, it rules just passing a car on the street on your bike. Like, if you're going down yeah. a mountain, like, that's rad. Did yeah. you make
0: eye contact?
1: Probably not. I was probably like, like really scared or something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, Roberts Mill. Yeah. So that night, uh, my buddy Greg and I, who's like my main skate homie, uh, Greg Hume, we like it was like, I don't know, midnight or one in the morning or something. And like we just got a wild here. Like, yo, we we haven't we haven't gotten out Taft Highway yet. Yeah. We're like, yo, let's like let's go down Taft Highway, man. Like, you know. <laughs> Like how sick would that be? Like, what, have,
0: what way on Taft into Dunlop or back into Chattanooga?
1: Back into Chattanooga. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Because like, I mean, those curves are so sick. Yeah, you know, and yeah. So we were like, let's do that, and you know, we didn't really know where we were going, and we didn't for whatever reason we just like, like we we never like went to Signal Mountain, right? But like we knew like Taft High would be sick. So we didn't really, like, put in a GPS or anything. We just, like, started driving that way. And next thing we know, like, we're, like, zoned out or whatever. And we're just, like, on the back of Signal Mountain. And I'm, like, dude, where are we? (laughs) (laughs) And Gary's, like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. You know, whatever. (laughs) And so we just, like, Google, like, where's Taft Highway? And it was like just as fast to go up Robert's Mill. Yeah. And like across the top of the mountain. Yep. <laughs> and so we're like, oh, let's just do that. And so we start driving up Robert's Mill and we're he just like, like, oh my God. <laughs> like, this is crazy. Have you ever seen a road like this? Like, this is insane. Like, it's like 20 feet drop in like a hairpin. Like, this is crazy. And so we're getting close to the top and Greg's like, dude, I'm going to like run this right now, dude. <laughs> and so he like we get to the top and he like gets his like full face helmet on like all stuff on or whatever and he drops in and like i haven't been over there in years but like i think it's like kind of straight for a second and then like it's a slow right hand yep uh just like swinger yep and then i think like right after that it just like there's like a first like really steep just like drop uh, and he hit that, and he started going like I mean, he's going like forty miles an hour, or some like something crazy, like for like being nighttime, like first time down a run, and then I'm pretty sure like you hit that steep vertical, and then you just like immediately after hit like a hard like ninety left hander with a guardrail, and it's like suit like the road is terrible, like the road quality is like nasty, it's like chundry, there's like gravel everywhere, like the pavements ripped up, and like yeah, he's like saw that 90 degree turn got into like his like heel side slide to try to make it and just like shot like straight off the road
0: <laughs> under the guardrail. Yeah. Oh man.
1: Yeah. And then I was like, Oh sick. Let me try. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even, I think like the first, uh-huh. I think I dropped in and like the first right hand swinger, I was like, this is too much. And I just like, just like slid and then like hit, I think I hit one of the little like reflector things in the middle of the road and just like ate it. It was like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> but then we drove across to the top of the mountain and we dropped in a Taft highway and that was magical, man. Like that was, I'll, I'll never forget that run. The first time going on Taft it was like, yeah, like moon out, no one on the road. And like when you first drop in, you know, it's like, if you're going from the top, it's like, I don't know, like, four or five lanes wide. Oh, yeah. It's, like, weirdly wide. So I just remember, like, we were just, like, carving, like, side to side down that which like, you never have, like, that much, like, width (laughs) to be going, like, 40 miles an hour and, like, just going, like, back and forth, like, that big of an expanse. It was, like, super red. But, uh, yeah, we, like, both hit it. And we're, like, this is the sickest road of all time. Like, this is dope. (laughs) Let's hit it again. And (laughs) we, like... Hit Taft Highway, super sick, drove back up. And I need to rotate my wheels because, like, when you slide, like, you know, uh, you have to, like, rotate your wheels around to make sure that, like, you're not wearing down one wheel one wheel more than the other or whatever. And so I, like, have my deck, like, out the driver's side door of the car. And I'm, like, changing wheels out. And a cop drives past us. <laughs> and then I'm, like, oh, no. And, I, like, I lean forward to like look behind me, you know, um, to see like if the cop was going to turn around or not. And my full face helmet was between me and the steering wheel. (laughs) So as I lean forward, like see if the dude's going to stop or not, I like lay on the horn and immediately the cop just comes around behind us. (laughs) And we're just like, Oh, because, like, I think at this point I was already arrested for going down the backside of Lookout on Burkholder Gap.
0: Yeah, which we got to talk about that.
1: So, like, at this point I was like, oh, no, like, I can't go to jail again for this. This is ridiculous. But let's hold on. Is it illegal to ride a skateboard down the road? So the chief of police, uh there's an article about me going down lookout. And the chief of police yeah. cited in the article that I didn't do anything illegal and I didn't break any rules. And he said it was fine. So, but you know, like you never know, but the like police officer walks up and was like, "What you guys doing? And I was like, well, to be honest, man, uh, I was about to like ride down this mountain. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I appreciate your honesty. Uh, you can't do that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. No, no worries, man. And then he's like, yeah, you guys need to get out of the car. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, you guys got to get out of the car. And I'm like, oh, uh, okay. And it just turned his like whole escapade like like eight cop cars. And like Greg couldn't remember his like social security number and he didn't have an ID on him. Yeah. Um and he's like this Asian dude from New Jersey that has like a you know a little bit of a Jersey accent. So he's just like a super weird guy, right? Like he's he's the best. And he like ends up having to call his dad at like three in the morning to get his social security number. And Larry got in front of him, he's like, Greg, what are you doing up on Signal Mountain at three in the morning? Waking me up. Give me, give the police officer the phone. Give, give, let me talk to him, you know? And the, like, you just hear like Larry just like going off at this police officer or whatever. And like the police officer, like hands the phone back to Greg. He's like, Hey man, I think you're in enough trouble with your dad. You guys can get out of here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that was super funny. (laughs) But So, um, so you said you got arrested going down Burkhalter. Yeah, that was
1: insane. What's man. what's this story? Tell me. Tell so me this story. a few guys I knew skated the skated Burkhalter the day before. And these guys don't really they didn't really downhill much. So they're like carving across both lanes, going like 30 miles an hour max, just kind of like chilling down it. But yeah. like I guess they scared a couple cars because they were like in the oncoming lane. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, which is fair, you know? Yeah. 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 So a couple of people complained. So we like, we like hit a run once, you know, drove back to the top on our second time down. Uh, I see like blue lights flick on at the bottom. I'm like, ah, shucks. I guess we can't skate this again. That's a bummer. (laughs) You know? While well, I'm skating now or whatever. Yeah. And then like, as I'm getting closer to the like cop car, all of a sudden it just like pulls into my lane and it's headed like at me <laughs> and like, there's like a lot of traffic Like on going the, uphill, going uphill in my lane, coming at me hmm. and like, there's a fair amount of traffic on the road. So I can't just like go around them. Right. Cause there's like other people that were behind them. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm going like 55 miles an hour with a cop coming at me and I have to like quickly throw down like a shutdown slide to stop and like not hit him and <clears throat> I'm like I do like a toe side slide where you're like basically uh you're facing the ground. Yep. And so I'm like looking over my back kind of like basically laying like on my hands, looking over my back down the road just like Washing like myself Like sliding at like 50 miles an hour Towards this cop car <laughs>
0: Is the cop car still In your he, shutdown slide? As soon
1: as I do that The cop car stops He stops He stops, And I'm just like Sliding at him yeah. And I get like A foot away from him. Like I end up like Getting like a foot away from him And I'm like shaking Like adrenaline Like yeah. Like just freaking out Cause I like Thought I was gonna die Cause he's something.
0: got that big Bumper on his car Yeah
1: Yeah I was like Yeah I thought I was about to get like Really messed up <clears throat> And so, like, I pop up, and like, I don't really remember what he said. He's basically, like, uh, you can't do this, and it's like, put your hands on the, put, put your hands on the hood. I'm like, okay. He like pass me down. He's like, put your hands behind your back. I put my hands behind the back, and next thing I know, he just like cussed me, <laughs> and I'm just like, I just remember being like, is 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 this real? Are you like? really arresting me right now like this is crazy like what am i being arrested for like what's what's happening he's like get in the back of the car i'm like oh okay but why are you arresting me man <laughs> but yeah he charged me with like reckless conduct which is we, what we named our our skate team name.
0: <laughs> 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 That's appropriate.
1: So yeah, that also turned out to be legend, kind of legendary. Because yeah. like, oh yeah, like <laughs> the guy that got it. He was arrested for reckless conduct, and they like made it like his like team name, dude. Like so sick.
0: <laughs> that is pretty sick. I need to
1: get you a team shirt. I still got some. Oh yeah, I'd wear that. Yeah.
0: What is reckless conduct in the leak in the eyes of the law? What is uh, that it's mean?
1: endangering? I think it's endangering yourself or other people.
0: Yeah. Um, so it wasn't even, necessary. I think reckless
1: endangerment is, I don't get the difference. I don't know the difference between the two. Okay. One's reckless endangerment. One's reckless conduct or something, but, but it's not even like a traffic violation. It's just, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily has to do with traffic. Yeah. But, yeah, like, eventually, like, the judge brought me into his chambers before my court date. And I was basically just like, if you don't sue us, like, we'll just expunge it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And I was like, okay, sick. But
0: well, you might have had a reasonable lawsuit with the, the cop. In yeah, I'm,
1: I'm sure I could have sued him. That's too much work. I just, yeah, I just don't. You're trying to have a good time. I'm I'm just trying to get time, man. Like suing people. Yeah. That's not a good time. Yeah. You
0: know? no. Like Yeah, I'm I'm sick of people suing people. Like that's yeah. you what's the speed limit on Burke Holder? Do you think you, you were a little, I a little high? I think it's fifty
1: five. Probably fifty five. Pretty sure. Um I think the fastest I went was uh it was with Greg. Tiny, tiny you know, yeah. Asian Greg, yeah. and uh, yeah, we were. I was drafting behind them, and I was like literally like pushing him with my hand. <laughs> and I think we, I don't, I don't think we, I don't think we broke sixty five. I think we like we're like because we wanted to break sixty five. I think we got going like sixty four, like point something, and we we're just like,
0: we can't go faster because like, and and that's. That's the only way he could go with, with, <laughs> yeah. with you Behind him,
1: well, me, like, yeah, like it's way fast. Like, I mean, it's you know how it is if you're like drafting behind someone, like it's significantly faster. Oh yeah, way faster. You know, so. <laughs> but yeah, every time he hit like a like, uh, like uh, crack in the pavement or like there are transitions between like new and old asphalt and stuff. Yeah, he would like like I mean I'm like right behind him. I watch his board just like, like the speed balls hit just, like, and every time I'm just like oh.
0: you know but uh yeah i think that's the fastest way how did you measure that with like your your phone did you have like an app speed app or something yeah uh
1: just like a gps i think he i think at that point you actually had it i think he literally had i think he literally had a garmin (laughs) that we like put in (laughs) his pocket um. Yeah. And then, yeah.
0: Because this is before Strava. It would be interesting if. Um,
1: oh yeah. Well, I if, mean, if all the long had Strava. There's a pretty now. active scene in Asheville still. There still is. It? It's not yeah, bad. Yeah. Check out the Asheville Pastry Boys. <laughs> okay. APB. Do they ever come to Chattanooga for? I don't think so. I mean, the hills out there are sick. So. Better than what we have. Yeah. Oh. I mean, these are my home. These are my home. You yeah. Know, mountain runs. So, like, I feel very cozy on them but yeah some of those dudes are like freaked out by what we do here what we did do here because it's like bigger like highway roads that like they're like you ride double yellows yeah you know because <laughs> like that's like i mean i think i don't think it's more crazy but they they thought it was like you know if it's, if you're like bigger the
0: roads it's more scary but did you ever go down highway 111 is that
1: the backside lookout with like the massive hairpin like the big hairpin swingers down to
0: it goes right into Dunlap. it like crosses flat top mountain goes right into Dunlap. it's like it's a it's a it's like a regular highway it's like you know two lanes on this side the median then two lanes over there it's straight no, up, i don't think we we're straight doing up that. highway
1: Uh, Mulberry mountain yep. Mulberry pike yep it's sick hot water do you go down
0: yeah hot water road yeah um Classic raccoon. That's got to be a good one. Not too much traffic.
1: Yeah. Well, we rode. So at this point, the road quality was like horrendous. Was it? Going past like the Livewire 1 yeah. parking lot side. Yeah. So I never rode that mm. just because it was like that bad. They repaved in the last like four years or something. Oh, it's so nice. And every huh? time I'm driving down, I'm just like, oh
0: my God, that'd be so sick. Well, are you, are you still longboarding? I'm th- no you retired? no I'm not longboarding. Well, when was the last time you went down the, the last mountain? time I like really
1: was skating was at Chile high mountain we had like a like film crew out there and it was like the pinnacle of me skating yeah <laughs> like I was thinking some like really fast like 40 mile per hour like stand-up slides which at that point like that was fast
0: explain like a, that a was about up...
1: so like typical like the historical way you slide on a longboard when you're racing is you have, like, gloves with, like, pucks on them, yep. like, plastic pucks. And, like, you go into a slide by, like, having your hand on the ground and kicking the board out.
0: Yeah, you have a little more points of contact. Yeah, so you have more points little...
1: of contact. It's much safer. Yeah. um, Much more controlled. And then stand-up slides is, like, a speed check on, like, a regular skate deck. It's just, like, no hands on the ground. And it looks sick. Yeah, it looks sick. And, yeah, it feels amazing. And, yeah, that day at Howie, Chilliha- I, like, never really got in stand-ups at, like, 40. Because, like, that's fast. Like, you know, if you come off the deck at 40, like, you're going to get messed up.
0: Especially when you're standing up and you're not already low to the ground. Yeah, because like, then if you high side oh.
1: and, like, come over the top, then you're yeah. kind of getting, like, launched a little bit into the air, you know? Yeah. And, like, yeah, I was just, like, on top of the world, you know? Like, I was I was just stoked. <laughs> Um, and right, I got most of the filming done. Yeah, this th- that day's on YouTube actually, as well. Okay. Um, I got most of the filming done, and then we were setting up for like tripod shots, <clears throat> and I was just like practicing heel side slides into this one corner, and I was probably going like 35 or something. And like right as I was breaking to the slide, <clears throat> I happened to hit a tar snake where they like spray the road yeah. with tar and cracks. And it just, like... That's got to be grippy. Yeah, like, right as I was, like, my pre-carve into the slide, you can, you kind of, like, carve into it and then, like, release the wheels. Um, and right as I was re- starting to release the wheels, I hit that tar snake and it just ripped the board out. And I was just, like, bam! And it just, like, destroyed my uh, right shoulder. I think, yeah, my right shoulder. Um, and, yeah, that was basically... I, like did like p t for a long time, <sighs> like got it back where like everyone thought it should be good, and then like went out skating and like first like right hand toe side it just like ripped out of the socket again <laughs> and like messed it up, and then I did more p t got it good again, was doing like stand up slides and blah blah blah, and eventually like the first again the first time I went for a toe side's like pew, shoulder gun again. Jeez, and then I was just like done. Yeah, yeah, but
0: yeah, it was a good run though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a good time. So then you switched. Uh, then you started mountain biking, or yeah, then I switched back to mountain biking. Back which to mountain. Like, oh yeah, that was why you started in the first place. Yeah, honestly, it was, the sa- it was the safe thing to do. <laughs> 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 I forgot.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I always felt more comfortable and, like, more natural on mountain bike anyways. So, like, if I didn't skate for a month and I tried skating again, like, when I was, like, skating every day, like, I'd feel, like, weird on the deck. Whereas, like, mountain biking, like, I kind of grew up doing it, so I just, like, always felt natural on the mountain bike, so. Yeah, and less uh, police interactions on the (laughs) mountain bike. I mean, yeah, running from the cops is fun. Like... There is a period of time, for sure, where, like, every time we go down Scenic Highway, like, we'd have to, like, run to the woods and, like, hang out for, like, 20 minutes. So
0: were the cops, like, onto your little, your, like, I don't know why they cared, man. Like, Like, it's just, like... Well, it's probably fun for them, too. It's, like, okay. (laughs) I mean, what else do they have to do? I
1: mean, you're probably right. It's probably fun for everyone. Yeah. Like, maybe not. Maybe I'm being dumb, but... Well,
0: were the cops ever mad when they caught you, or they... I mean, were, did they um, take it personally, or were they like, so? Any ever low key compliments that never caught us on scenic. Oh,
1: nice! Like they would, so we would hit scenic highway, and then, I mean, yeah, this is like one of the most rage feelings of all time. Is we would hit scenic highway, and then you know, it like merges into Cummings Highway. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would like get in the oncoming lane and like look over that barrier. Yeah. To see if there's oncoming traffic, like, if there's traffic or not. Yep. And if there wasn't, then we could just, like, bomb straight onto Cummings Highway with speed. Yeah. Um, so, you, like, do that. And then you're, like, busting on Cummings, and it's kind of flat right there. Yep. So, you, have, if you're with a buddy, you try to, like, get a good draft on and, like, keep your speed up so you don't drop below, like, 30. And then it goes in those nice little curves. And then there's that little, like, park thing yep. on the right. Yep. Um. And that's always where the police would sit like 100% of the time was in that little park thing. Yeah. So we like fly by, we were like, (laughs) like try to come get us. And then like immediately, as soon as we went by it, we'd like throw it down a slide, run into the woods real quick to the point where like, we knew where this little like drainage ditch thing was. Yeah. So we'd like, just like run into the woods Crawled a little drainage ditch, and a couple times they actually like came in the woods. Like typically, they'd just be like, "All right, whatever," and just like not bother us. But there are a couple times where they actually like we heard them like walk around the woods, and we're like in this like little culvert, just like,
0: "Ooh, like gotcha! Like come get us, dude! Like you find us man. Good thing they didn't have dogs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't like. I don't know why. Like yeah, I don't. I can't imagine why they'd care that much. Because still, it's it's technically not illegal. As long as you're not... Yeah, once the article came out, then, like, we didn't really have any problems. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When you the like, chief police or whatever said you didn't break any laws. Yeah, once it yeah. happened, then, like, we didn't really have any problems. But that was pretty late in the game. Yeah, me, I so. mean, it's really... I don't see how it's any different than riding a road bike down a road. Yeah. Unless... And, and it's the same thing applies. You can't, like, ride in other lanes on a road yeah. bike. I mean, but, it's the same as anything, yeah. you know? If, like, you're an idiot, it's a
1: problem. Right. You know, like, if if you're an idiot, like, riding down the mountain in a car is a problem. You know, like, riding down on a bike is a problem. You know, I mean, I guess by nature, you're kind of an idiot for riding down on a skateboard, but.
0: Yeah, Yeah, but that, in the eyes of the law, there should be no
1: difference. So, yeah. Yeah. But, anyways, yeah, the skating thing, I was, like, yeah. there were definitely, like, four, maybe five years where I was, like, that was it. Yeah. Like, that's all I was trying to do. So I'm
0: glad I'm glad I got injured and I stopped doing that. That's a interesting way to look at it. That is you're glad you got out and you're relatively healthy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm I'm happy I got just injured enough to get me
0: out. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> were there ever any I mean, kinda of dark, were there ever any like deaths? Did people die doing this? Like hitting oh, a yeah. tree or a semi or something? Not like around me. Not locally here. Um I think there was one think of one
1: local guy that i don't he wasn't he wasn't super into the downhill stuff but he definitely skated i think he was in hawaii yeah i think he i think he got hit by a car um but i mean definitely like i mean you definitely hear like through the great mind of guys across the country
0: that yeah were, that were dying yeah did you um, ever travel out west and do some big stuff like i was too broke. Yeah. I mean, I
1: I like, th- yeah, there was a while where, like, my entire lifestyle was only dictated by trying to go fast. Yeah. So I was working, like, I was paying, like, $75 a month in rent, and we had a skate house where, like, five or six dudes were at. And like, I was working, like, four hours a day at a burger joint, like, five days a week, <laughs> and just eating ramen, like, all the time. And just, like taking food home from the burger joint. Oh yeah. Which I don't feel bad about. Christian Siler. if you're listening, <laughs> never got my tips from credit cards. So, <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So like my, yeah, my entire lifestyle was just like <clears throat> work for a second and then skate for like 10 hours. So you
0: lived without, so I never like, like,
1: I never had money to go anywhere. Cause yeah. like, I didn't really care about traveling to skate. I just wanted to go as fast as I could. And the best way i do that was to, like, work as little as I could and spend no money and just skate as much as I possibly could.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Buy
1: gas. (laughs)
0: Get to the top of the hill.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, for me, I didn't really, like, I did want to travel, but I didn't want to travel as much as I just, like, wanted to go fast.
0: Is that wanting to go fast is, like, now that you don't skate, do you still have that in you? Like, you want to go fast on a mountain bike or driving cars or just let you still, like, fast? yeah, I broke my ankle a year ago on
1: the mountain bike. And, uh, yeah. So I'm starting to get to the point where I think I'll be able to get back on the bike soon. Yeah. But yeah, it's been brutal. Not, not being able to ride. So what's, um, how did the ankle break happen? Um, I like, I set like a PR, uh, down a run, um, like shuttling the run before I broke my ankle. Yeah. (laughs) And like, that time was, like, super fast, <laughs> which I was, like, super hyped about. And I was actually ready to call it good. Um, and then my neighbor, uh, like, my next-door neighbor, like, drove, like, came up and was like, oh, my buddy Mountain Bike John, who's, like, my bike homie, he, like, rolled up on us. I was like, oh, are you guys going down again? And I was like, eh, I don't know, man. Like, it's a little wet out. Like, we already, like, hit it, like, three times, like. I'm probably good. He's like, oh, okay. And I was like, you know what, man, screw it. Like, we'll shut the top. I'll go down again. And like, I was actually not going as fast that time. And so like, I think I just wasn't like mentally like focused, focused. And yeah, just going like 25 miles an hour around kind of like a, which is fast, you know, like that's really fast, (laughs) but I wasn't going like, you know, a little bit fast. I wasn't like right on the edge, you know? And, uh, I just like caught some roots and my right, my rear brake, was contaminated a little bit and just like slipped a pedal and just like flew into like a little boulder field. And oh jeez! I think I actually broke <laughs> my ankle. Like my back wheel washed out and I like stomped the ground <laughs> to not like fall yeah. like sideways that way. I think that's actually when it broke. So that, how'd you get out of there? That was pretty, I mean it actually worked out pretty well, but yeah, that was brutal. Um, I switched bikes with my neighbor cause he's a, smaller guy yeah and so i was able to like get on his smaller bike yeah um kind of coasted down and yeah i mean it's like it was a pretty technical trail um enough for like uh mountain bike john definitely had to like get me down some stuff off the bike
0: um how do you do that like arm around you or? You yeah, arm you? around. Yeah. um, and you did like hopping on one foot, like a three-legged race kind of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he luckily,
1: like Mountain Bike John's like ripped. He's a strong dude, so he probably could just carry me like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh yeah, I only fell once coming down after I broke
0: my ankle, so I feel like that was pretty good for the situation. <laughs> I I broke my ankle once before, and I had to get carried like a baby. Yeah. That, that thing was all. I didn't believe it was broken, man. Like, I just was like, it's probably yeah like just a strong like heel bruise or something
1: you thought yeah it. i'm like i mean because like i was actually i separated my I had an ac separation as well on the same side which ended up being like comically terrible for recovery <laughs> <laughs>
0: comically
1: yeah like i'm like trying to like get off the toilet i'm just like laughing at myself <laughs> at how like brutal this is <laughs> you know like you're like Holding like your like broken ankle like way up in the air to like try to like counterbalance yourself while you're like getting up off like chairs and stuff. <laughs> but no, yeah. Uh the I, I when I saw the doctor, I was like, All right man, like tell me straight up like how bad is it really? And I was expecting him to be like, Oh, I mean like you know can ankle, but you're gonna be fine, like well, he's like, Well, it could be worse, I guess. <laughs> And you're like, what do you mean by that? And I was like, are you serious? Like, is it really that bad? he's like, yeah, you don't want to break the bone you broke. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, you might have to. He, he basically was like, there's a 50% chance you'll just have to, like, fuse it. It'll just be fused together. We'll have to, like, fuse it together for the rest of your life or whatever. And at that point, I was like, oh, man, like, that's that's not good. I don't like hearing that. <laughs> um, the bone I broke is, like, it gets very little blood flow. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, like, it's not really, but it's basically the cup that, you, like, your leg sits on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I broke that in a few places. Oh, more in one spot? Yeah. It's, like, it's just, it's called a talus. It's, like, not, you know. But, yeah, it just gets such a little blood flow that there's a high chance of, like, necrosis where the bone just dies. Yeah. Um, and they have to, like, either... Um, remove it or yeah, it's just not what you want to break. So it was very inconvenient. So what's the healing process for that? I'm probably like the doctor said a year and a half, which I didn't believe, but now I do believe that. I believe it's been a year. Yeah. I mean, I've been like cruising up guild trail and stuff a little bit, but I've also been working like 18 hour days a few times a week and just like super tired. So yeah. But uh, yeah, I definitely hit some barriers mentally that I've never hit before.
0: Oh, you want to talk about that at all? Because <laughs> you're you're you just want to have a good time, and you're yeah, I'm just trying to have a good time. Man. Yeah, you laugh. It seems like you laugh almost everything off that could be bad.
1: Yeah, I was like really surprised the this injury like really
0: yeah, it tested you mentally. Oh yeah,
1: it really tested me mentally. Like, um, I've had a lot of injuries. You know, like broken back. Like just all kinds of stuff, you know? And this is the first one where I was just like, I know that I will get through this, but I don't think I have the mental capacity right now to like have a good attitude about it, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, and just like knowing (laughs) in like some moment, like that this is affecting myself and the people around me just cause like I can't have a good attitude about this. You know, that was like a bummer, you know, to like, just like be like, okay, so this is like my limit of what I can deal with mentally before it starts like negatively affecting my daily life and the people around me. Yeah. So,
0: you know, it's good to know that. <laughs> yeah. You found it. Um. And it, Well, it's good to know that you have a limit, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you know everyone, I mean, I probably am overly confident in my ability to like deal with whatever, right? It's just good to like know like, actually, probably like throughout the day, you have little instances where like I think that like things aren't affecting me. but you know, now that like I know for sure what that feels like, it probably also lets me like handle smaller instances. Um, and daily life better and be more cognizant of like, you know, man, like maybe you should like chill out and like, you know, actually like think about how this is affecting you or affecting someone else. Um, instead of just being like, Oh, whatever, dude, like, well, oh, you know, so, um, yeah, definitely hit some mental barriers that I hadn't experienced before.
0: So that, I think that's a good thing. Did, um, how'd you get through the bad days? Um,
1: I mean, I kept, I had like, I probably had two weeks after my surgery where I was pretty much just bedridden. I mean, I had like homies coming over and stuff. um, And, uh, but after that I was able to like go back to work and I just like be on like the cut station cutting wood and whatnot. So that kind of uh, took my mind off, you know, whatever. But yeah, like having the unknown factor of like, will I be able to like ride my bike again? Like what's my daily life going to look like if my ankles fuse together, like having that on the back burner of my mind while I was recovering, I think that was hard for me to deal with mentally. Um, and then, and like everyone showed me so much love. Like, that makes it way easier, you know? Like, if I'm in the pits, you know, it's like, I know, like, my wife, Anna Shay, is like 10F10, amazing, like, being there for me. I have, like, so many homies that, like, every day are just like, yo, like, what do you need? What can I do for you, blah, 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 you know? Um, so, I mean, I had it really easy compared to lots of people, I'm sure. You know, like, having, like, a massive support group makes it a lot easier. And knowing that that's there makes it a lot easier. But at the same time, knowing that I'm not dealing with this like I'd like to is frustrating. So I think like just like recognizing that like mentally I'm not performing like I'd like to, you know, like I'm not being as productive as I want to be. I'm probably not uh, looking out for people around me like I would otherwise, you know. Like I'm just not being the person I'd like to be in that moment is that's what got me down the dumps. Probably, <laughs> you know, it's like that, that was probably the most brutal part. It was just like kind of like third person like looking at myself and being like, man, like this is not how I want to be, you know, like in any state and just knowing, but you're not superhuman, man. Like, you know, this is how it is right now. And you're not dealing with it the way you'd like to. So what are you going to do to fix that? You know,
0: but yeah, (laughs) but you made it through.
1: Yeah. Made it through. Um, right after my ankle started healing up, I started having these like crazy, like breathing problems. And finally went to the hospital and they said I had pericarditis, which is like the inflammation of your heart. (laughs) It's a heart virus. And like, that was honestly almost more brutal than like the ankle breaking thing. I was like coming out of it and I was like sick, like, let's go. And then I just started feeling crazy. And like one of like the symptoms is like impending doom. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it basically feels like you're about to have a heart attack, like oh, all geez. the time. Um, and yeah, I had like chronic pericarditis. So like usually like, a lot of people get acute pericarditis where it lasts like it's like a brief thing that's super intense, and mine was like a long-lasting thing for like six months, where I just felt like kind of crazy, and I thought I was having panic attacks. So I just didn't go. I like, I was assuming like, man, like I broke my ankle. Yeah. Like I have like a lot of stuff in my life going right now with like business and whatnot. Like I think I'm just not dealing with this, and like I must have like some panic attack things going on. Um. And then finally one day I was like, you know, I don't care if it's, like, anxiety, panic attack, or, like, real physical thing. I'm going to the hospital because <laughs> this is, like, not cool. <laughs> yeah. And I finally did that, and then they gave me some meds, and that started helping. But, yeah, like, c- coming back from the ankle and then having this, like, really weird thing, like, that, that almost affected me more. I think I was, like, more snippy with people, and I had a harder time with my attitude with that than the ankle. So... But now I'm feeling a lot better, so I'm chilling.
0: <laughs> That's good. You're chilling now. I don't think anyone wants to hear about this on a podcast. <laughs> I don't care. I'm interested in it. You're, you're like, you are a super interesting. <laughs> no wants to hear. Like... I don't care. I don't care. Um, it's fun for me. <laughs> um. So, while while all this was happening, you were starting the Boneyard, right? Yeah. Let's. Um. Do you want to talk about that and how that all? Happened? Yeah, that'd be great. It's, it's, um, I've never started a bar like that before. I think that'd be hard to do. And you had this broken ankle and then you had this heart virus. And and you still, and you opened like last week. So like, yeah, there's definitely
1: like a sense of like these plagues on my life. And I'm just like any, like any little thing, like, after breaking the ankle and the heart virus and like (laughs) my wife and I are just like super broke, you know, so we can barely pay bills and stuff. And like, I just like felt like some sense of like old Testament, like yeah, (laughs) tribulation stuff. Like someone like tells me like some like small thing that's bad. I'm just like, I don't know. That could, that could really go south. (laughs) Or like, I feel like a little pain in my back after like working or something like Oh boy, oh probably <laughs> cancer or something, you know. <laughs> 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 like after that period of time, then I was in this mode where like everything was like the end of the world
0: for like a month, you know. <laughs> what did you start thinking like what did I do to deserve all this? These problems? Yeah, probably. Yeah. It? I mean Or it's just like I'm gonna be the most lucky guy once all this passes. Um I mean, it's kind of
1: like in like in some ways, like, I mean, I'm asking to get hurt. So I do deserve like, you know, like, <laughs> like I'm like actively like putting myself in situations where I'm like going to get hurt at some point. And like you have to pay your trail tax, man. Like you have to appease the gods of the mountain. So like it's going to happen. And the whole time, like also knowing that this is like completely my own doing, you know is, like, that's, like, part of it, you know? So, like, there's no one to blame for it. Like, you know, it's, like, 100%. Although I do like to joke with my wife um, about the ankle break thing. Uh, the night before I broke my ankle, uh, it was her best friend's, like, bachelor and bachelorette party. And, like, I was really kicking off with her, one of her best friend's uh, husband. Like, we were getting to know each other you know, on like a deeper level and like hanging out. I think we were like pickle barrel or something. And we were just like, you know, like starting this friendship that's going to happen for a long time. Right. Cause like, this is the dude that is like the husband of my wife's like really good friend. Right. It's like, this is going to be like a lifelong relationship. And so that's what I'm thinking at the time. And I was like, all right, man, like I do have to work kind of early in the morning, but like, we're just going to hang out all night long. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get Tommy drinks. We're going to have a good time. Like I'm going to feel rough in the morning, but like, this is what's happening. And then at like nine 30 or 10 or something. And she's like, I'm ready to go home. Can we go home? And I was like, and I was like getting, I was like, Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like got out of that. Like we're going to like drink all night mode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. All right, let's go home. And then I like got home, woke up feeling refreshed. And I was like, you know what? Go for a mountain bike ride. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you so
1: I do like to joke with ASHA that if she yeah. just didn't if she didn't want to go home that night, there's no way I would have gone mountain biking.
0: <laughs> yeah, Well, you can't you can't predict the future. It w- it's just like um, no, nah,
1: I just think it's funny. You know, yeah, no, it's, it's like man, if you let me, if like I drink like four more beers, yeah. no way I would have broke my ankle, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So really, it's all my waste falls it. Well,
0: it's good you can joke about that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So starting the boneyard, how did how did that? Where did that idea come from? And um, how did it work out? And this was all during COVID too, which makes it probably yeah. even harder. Can I take a tinkle break first? Yeah, let's let's pause on tinkle A little tinkle, okay. All right, we're back from the the little tinkle break. Tinkle time. Uh, what were we... Let's get back in this state, this flow state. Oh, yeah, the Boneyard. Yeah, I'll ramble about the Boneyard. Yeah, let's ramble about that. How, How? what... Well, backstory, you had the electric bike shop on Maine that you turned into a bar, like a little concert thing once yeah, in a while. so
1: definitely want to show love to the Caldwell family that owned that bike shop. Um, yeah, Chanley... Um, one of the brothers that ran the shop had been trying to get me to work at the electric bike store for a long time, and I was just kind of like, "Man, I don't think so, dude." Like, <laughs> like I don't know about e-bikes, man. Like, this kind of dumb. Like, I don't, I want to go over there.
0: <laughs> I didn't see it going this direction.
1: <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'd, I'm trying to remember what the order was. I like, I was doing some like freelance, like construction, like build out stuff um, for moccasin bin brewery and some other stuff. And then I think I just reached a point where I was like, I need to buy a house, man. Like I never want to pay rent again. This is dumb. I want to buy a house. I was like, how, how am I going to buy a house? Like (laughs) I'm broke. I have like seven cents in my savings account, like 200 bucks in my bank account. (laughs) Like I need a job that makes money. And, uh, I got a job selling Infinities as a car salesman.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: At a dealership.
0: Okay. <laughs> so now you're a car salesman. So
1: I'm a car salesman.
0: But you're not even driving an Infinity. At this point you're you're in a Volvo. Oh,
1: no, this is hilarious. <laughs> so the car I drove to work every day was they made you park in the back yeah they made they yeah they they did yeah i had to park like across the street on the on the street side and at this point i was like really into the drift missile
0: which is what
1: going like drifting oh going sideways okay okay so this car i welded the rear diff (laughs) in my like 1992 40 i bought for 350 dollars it was in a front end collision, and like the front end was messed up, and I like ripped off, like part of the metal off, and constructed like this like wood like fender and like partial side for out of wood. Yeah, and I had like a hood tack on it, and I like cut the springs. That was hilarious. I literally cut the springs like just while they're in the car. Yeah, <laughs> so I just took an angle grinder, <laughs> like <laughs> just like cut the springs like under tension.
0: Yeah. <laughs> not, not even like on blocks. You did? Did you, did you jack it up the car? I think I of, ja- Yeah, I jacked, yeah, so I jacked not, it up,
1: but it yeah. still has a lot of tension. So oh, does, you yeah. get close to into the, the cut, you're Bing. like, boom! Yeah. But anyways, I was driving this like just like crazy looking thing, and I put like a Marshall like half stack like guitar amp in the back for the sound system, <laughs> which was <is>, like raging. <laughs> and uh, yeah, at some point the e brake cable snapped. And I was just like, too, "Oh no! I blew out the welded diff because I did a bad job welding it. I didn't clean it enough. Um, you weld a diff to like build a drift, a car that shouldn't drift. If you don't have enough power or a locking rear end, you can weld the diff and then like go sideways. But anyways, I broke the rear end, and uh, then I did. And one night I did a swap for my project car. And I put that rear end in my daily because it was the same Volvo." Okay. Mm -hmm. But in that like 2 a.m. haze, I was like, screw it. I'm just cutting the e-brake cable. (laughs) So like (laughs) now I'm driving around this manual Volvo without an e-brake. And then my starter goes out, so I have to push start it. (laughs) So I can't park on a hill because I don't have an e-brake cable.
0: (laughs) Well, can you leave it in gear?
1: Yeah, but. You turn the wheels, find a curb? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're like parking like. I mean, if you think about, like, the reality of living in that situation. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, yeah. if you're, like, parking in a parking lot on a slope or something, you're, like, you know. So, basically, I have to try to park, like, on something that's not too steep. You know? So, like, I leave the dealership every day in my suit. <laughs> 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 and then I go out to the parking lot, and everything's completely flat around that dealership. Yeah, and then yeah. I have, to, like, literally, like, push start my car in the parking lot, like running beside it and then jump in and drop the clutch every day to get started. (laughs) Um, I'm like, I totally decided to do this myself, right? Like, yeah, I could have spent some money on like getting a starter and e brake cable, but I was kind of like enjoying driving this like complete, like ultra, like ratted out thing while I was like selling like infinities.
0: Oh yeah. Um, that i actually that happened to me in college too mm. for six months six months i drove around in zuzu impulse 91 with no starter yeah and you've lived a life dude, i live a I life love, tell me like, everything I oh love shoot that. okay well um gas stations are all flat and you, you're kind of supposed to turn your car off so sometimes i'd leave it on but yeah. other times like if i and it depends where you were get, you living michigan how strict are they up there about that stuff Oh, no, it's fine.
1: Okay. Yeah. I know, like, Jersey and stuff, they'll, like, get you. Oh,
0: yeah, no. Yeah. No, we, um, so I would leave it on sometimes, but sometimes I'm, like, you know, i will do what I was supposed to do and turn it off, but then you gotta know what pump you're at and make sure you don't get blocked in. And have like the clear runway, so to speak. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah I,
0: I, and then I went to a friend's wedding once. I remember, like, is is this grass parking lot? And oh, like, oh, no. I can't park. I can't push in grass. No. But there's this little tiny knoll, like in the, <laughs> in the corner, and you're like, you force yourself up against this tree. So you gotta, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. The the way you start. <laughs> the way at look at the train yeah and <laughs> i <laughs> so you know the isuzu impulse you know what that yeah yeah yeah. so it's like a it's a four-door car i mean a, a four-seater but two doors and it's small it's got yeah. that ha- hatch on the back well this is back in college in my um bmx days so like I invited two new friends to, uh, to go to a skate park with me. me and my buddy Andy Pulling, we're like like Andy knows about the car that doesn't start but these two like freshman kids that we' met at the skate park they don't they don't know yeah, yeah so we stop at the gas station we get gas, shut it off, and we got the way you fit four bikes in the car is you just leave the hatch open and have the front wheels hanging out, so everyone's yeah, just yeah. jammed in there. You already kind of look kind of funny because you're driving down the road with your yeah. hatch open and a bungee, yeah then it's time to. Start the car. And you we, look like trouble. You look like trouble. You and look then, like trouble. The, so the two the two kids are in the back, and then me and Andy. We like, all right. We look at each other. and We start pushing the car with them already in it. Pop the clutch, and these poor kids are like, oh my, what we get ourselves into? You know? And and you ready for the rage, you know. No. But the only the only reason I, you know had to fix it was because it's Michigan and winter's coming. Mm. You can't, you can't push in the snow. Nah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I remember the last time I pushed it, uh, I was heading home for Thanksgiving and like there wasn't any snow up until then. But the morning I had to leave for Thanksgiving, we got like two inches of snow. And, and I just always, enough. I always parked in the parking lot. It was just asphalt, but it had kind of a slight downhill. Yeah, and, sure. uh, so I got a shovel. And I made myself <laughs> you made a runway? I made myself a <laughs> runway with two tracks. <laughs> and I and I cleared Sick. it all the way to the drain because after the drain it starts going back uphill. Oh. And man. I'm like Oh, and a, i can't if i if i don't make this like i got one shot at this and if i don't make it i can't push it back uphill to start again yeah and I like everyone's shot. already bailed out of college because they've already left for for thanksgiving the opportunity comes once in a lifetime yeah and i'm like i got one shot and it's like if i don't get this i'm i'm missing thanksgiving this year <laughs> sick <laughs> but uh no I, love I it no i made it and um And I had a starter, I bought the starter and the car started up and, and I drove it home to my parents' garage, Northern Michigan, and we put a starter in for Thanksgiving. Sweet. (laughs) That's great, man. So I know what you're talking, I kind of know what you're talking about with the starter.
1: Man. Yeah. I have a lot of car, really fun car stuff that's happened, but I'll get back to the boneyard. Yeah. But let's do boneyard. So anyways, I'm at the dealership being a salesman after like six months. I'm like 50 pounds heavier, super depressed. <laughs> <laughs> There's no point to my life and I walk into the work next day. And I'm
0: like, I quit. <laughs> Was this the first job you've had to quit or like, did you not know how to quit? Or just like- <laughs> Because the way you described it, it's like, how do you quit? <laughs>
1: no, no. I, I turn my two weeks in everywhere, you know? okay. No. <laughs>
0: You're like, how do I get out of this situation?
1: <laughs> I declare bankruptcy! Yeah. <laughs> no. Nah, and, uh, yeah, so I, like, quit. <laughs> Which, like, I think quitting jobs is one of the best things in the world. There's nothing like quitting. Like, your whole... You know, your whole life is just, like, open for whatever, man. That's a beautiful... Everyone should quit a job, you know? That's a beautiful thing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like the opportunity that arises after quitting a job. Yeah. Like, when I was on the way home... (laughs) (laughs) Prime example. I'm like, I quit my job, I get in the car, I'm driving home, like, I need to, like, pay rent, man. (laughs) You know, whatever. And I, like, call Chanley up that... My buddy at the bike shop that been trying to get me to work there for a while. I was like, all right, Chanley, I'm ready. Let's go. (laughs) Like, I'm down. Like, I'm ready to work at the e-bike shop. I don't know how long I'm gonna do it, but I'm totally down. Let's like figure this out. Let's see what's up. He's like, Great, come on by. So like, come on by. Um, you know, and then I started working at electric bike specialist. And it was super weird. It was like really, it was a strange gig. Uh, It was pretty early in e-bike stuff. Yeah. And people didn't know what e-bikes were. Um, They didn't understand who should buy an e-bike. And Chanley was very interested in a segment of e-bikes that most people were not interested in. Which is? Um, more natural feeling pedal assist. So instead of it being a scooter, it really feels like you're actually riding a bike. Yeah. Um, so given that it was like a newer market and that he was interested in more of a niche part of that market, it was just kind of a hard sell. Right. And he really believed in what he was selling and was selling good stuff, which was a little more expensive. Yeah. Um, but anyways, again, the e-bike store, um, I had like random skill sets that were like pretty useful. Um, like doing a mediocre job editing, like review videos and shooting like review videos of bikes and whatnot. And, uh, we got the sales up a little bit to the point where we we're in the black and whatnot. And it's was like, okay, that's cool. Whatever. Um, and then Chanley needed, he was going to go back to school to get his MBA, um, and they were having a kid and stuff. And so Chanley was like, hey, man, I think I'm kind of out. But we would love for you to kind of like run the shop. And I'm like, oh, OK, sweet. Like, you know, little little pay bump. They're taking care of me. And it's kind of like my game as far as like how I was going to how we we're going to do it. You know, um, and I basically was able to keep the shop alive um, for the next like two or three years or like whatever it was. Um, but at that point, like the other big players in the game, like Trek, like all those players started doing e bikes as well. So it was a little rough, you know. Um, we had been around for a long time, so we had a big like user base. Um, but it was kind of hard actually like <laughs> making it profitable, you know. Um, and I've been on the grind for a while. I learned like a lot about a lot, you know. Um, I never worked any kind of retail job. Um, I had always done bike stuff. So like the mechanical aspect I felt comfortable with. Um, But the business side was like, that was like super intriguing and really helpful to have someone be like, do this, good luck. You know, like having the opportunity to do that is like pretty sick. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And him giving me the chance to do that was awesome. But after a few years, it was just like, I've been doing the same thing every day. Like, I'm sure someone else probably could have done a better job and made it profitable and, like, done something with it. But that wasn't me. I was able to get it working to the point where, like, we weren't losing money. And I approached the family. I was like, hey, guys, I feel like I've done my thing here. I probably don't have much else to offer. I should probably find something else to do where I can, like, progress and, like, learn stuff, you know, that kind of thing. And they basically came back and were like – well how about we just give you like half the business and you stay and see what you can do. And I was like, are you serious? Like, that's crazy. Like, no, no way, man. Like really? Like that's, that's awesome. Yes. I couldn't believe it. Like, you know, um, so then yeah, they presented me with the opportunity. I was like, yes, like let's run it. Let's see what we can do. At that point I was like, I'm opening a bar in here. (laughs) Like <laughs> like I don't know what bike sale like I don't think I can do much <laughs> on bike sales, but we are paying rent in here and then I know we could sell beer.
0: <laughs> well were they like, well maybe we shouldn't give you half of the business. Nah, <laughs> they're, they're be like, they're like sick.
1: Well yeah, Chanley was like, Oh, that's sick. Like yeah. Chanley's like, let's do this. Yeah. Great, yeah, great idea. Let's go. Like run it. I'm like, all right, sick. Uh Chanley's dad was a little more like apprehensive, like you know, like he like he was the vibe I got from him, like he never he never said anything negative, but I felt like I got the vibe like I think this is dumb and it won't work, but totally go for it. Which is sick, yeah. right? Like yeah. to have like someone that's still like kind of on the fence just be like Go for it. But go for it. Yeah, yeah. That's super big. Yeah. You know?
0: Well they trust you. So that's Yeah. And, huge. and
1: I mean, even, like, my friends that work in, like, the restaurant industry and stuff, even some of them, I told them, like, yo, I'm going to try to set a bar, like, in the bike store. And they're like, dude, your electric bike store is super lame. (laughs) Like, (laughs) no one's going to come buy a beer at your, like, super dorky electric bike store. (laughs) <laughs> like my friends, right? Yeah, yeah. And like, I have good friends. They're like totally honest with me about what yeah. they think. They're not like gonna like tell me like, oh yeah, it sounds cool, man. Like whenever, like yeah, go for now. They're like, nah, it's kind of dumb. But like, if you want to try to go for it, like, what do you have to lose, really? You know. Um, and so I was like, sick. Let's like let's do this. <laughs> and like, I figured out like, <clears throat> if you just do packaged beer in Chattanooga, it's like two hundred fifty dollars for a beer license. And you just get like a cooler. Yeah. And then you're a bar. Yeah. <laughs> like there's nothing to it, right? Like that's like a super low barrier of entry to like do something. Yeah. If you already have like a retail space or like whatever, you know, like, so it's like there's, even if we like busted and it didn't work, like. You're out less than like $1,000. I'm just out a bunch of time. Time, yeah. Yeah. So I spent like <laughs> probably maybe six months of, like, I'd, like, kind of operate the bike shop during the day and then just, like, work all night building the bar part of the shop out, which was pretty brutal. Um, but I was, like, super stoked that that turned out. It looked, like, pretty sick in there for, like, spending no money. Um, <clears throat> And, yeah, like, people, we opened up, people liked it it was like covering like expenses and stuff for like rent and whatnot. And we started doing like shows like, you know, rock shows and like open mics and comedy nights and, you know, like programming like really hard for it. And people like really start coming out and like, actually started working pretty well, (laughs) which was like really surprising to me. Cause like by the time we were about to open, I like reached this point where I'm like looking around, I'm like, this is sick, but I'm like, I'm a dumbass. Like, this is like really dumb that I'm trying to do this, but I'm gonna do it anyways. <laughs> you know? Uh and yeah, when we opened it up and like things actually started like waterfalling and snowballing into like something that like worked well. That was pretty crazy. And uh I basically <laughs> to like finance the like doing this, and it, it was more than like a grand, like it's probably like, cause I had to do like a fair amount of construction to the space to make it work. Cause I had to like make, I had to get the restroom situation working correctly. And then I had to like create a way to hold all the bikes in the back of the building for when we turned in the bar. Cause then like all the bikes had gone back. Yeah. I'd, I like wanted to pour like an actual bar top. Um, I like built all new like retail shelving and stuff to like hold all the bike accessories and whatnot in a fashion that we could still like make it a bar. So we were probably in like, I don't know, like 10 or 12,000 or something, which like I didn't have the business to have. So basically what we did was we just like, like we get bikes on terms and instead of like paying the terms off on the bike, we just open the bar with that money. (laughs) And so everything looked like super sick, right? Like we're making money in the bar. We finally like pay our terms off and stuff. Um, and then like, that's like right then is when COVID hit. (laughs) (laughs) Like everything's looking like, like, yeah, like this is actually working. I couldn't believe it. Like I was in a state of like not sleeping at all you know, just like doing the hustle, but like you couldn't bum me out, man. Like I was like so hyped that this was actually working. Yeah. And then like, right as we like got out of underwater, COVID hits. And it's just like the biggest bummer of all time, you know? <laughs> um, And we quickly realized that like the, bike supply is going to be like very limited. So we like, we probably can't do much bike stuff. The bar is obviously just like not going to happen for a while. And we reach a point where like, well, I think we're done. Like we got back to break even after being able to do this. And we only, the bicycle bar is only open for like six or eight months, you know? And like, in that time, we were able to, like, get back to break even. We didn't owe anything, basically. And then it was like, do we want to risk this, like, and keep paying rent and stuff? Um, and what the f- thing that finally ended was, like, I called my landlord. I'm like, so what are you guys doing for code assistance? And he's like, nothing. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, I'm, like, putting in my 60-day walk clause. <laughs> so I had, like, a walk clause where I could, like, walk yeah. in 60 days, <clears> which is, like
0: primo cuz usually it's 5 years or so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So like I was like, "All right, well, this is my official like notice. I'm out in 2 months." Um and then I basically called uh this developer guy who had been trying to get me to move further down Main Street for a while. And I was like, "Hey man, uh you still like down to do that thing?" And he's like, oh, yeah, let's talk. And I've been like pretty nervous about this guy because like what he was offering was like super sick. And like as soon as I see that, I'm like, mm, like, you know, rich developer dude, like super sus, right? Because <laughs> like I've been like a like dirtbag my whole life, <laughs> you know, like anytime like some guy's like talking to me about like something like sick that like makes like too much sense, I'm immediately like, this is super sus. I'm out. <laughs> 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 so but I call him up and like I start doing like a little research on him and I've realized he's working with like a couple like super tight people I know as well. So I call them I'm like, yo, what's this guy's deal, man? Like, like what's up? And they're like, oh dude, like He's like hooking us up like this is crazy. I'm like, really? they're like, yeah, dude. I'm like, all right. So I like call him. I'm like, hey, man, let's talk. (laughs) And like, I'm like, I just need somewhere to put all my bike stuff and bar stuff until your development's ready down the street. He's like, all right, I think we can do that. I'm like, if you can do that. And like we talk about like some like basic stuff. I'm down. You know, he's like, all right, cool. He's like, I have a warehouse on Station Street. You can dump all your stuff in right behind your current building. I'm like, that's perfect. Let's do that. And so like, I like just like move all my stuff into what is now the boneyard. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, which was like a hilarious thing. Like our bar top in the bicycle bar, probably like, it probably was like six or 700 pounds. And like the way we moved it to the new bar was literally, I call like 12 homies. I'm like, (laughs) yo, (laughs) I got a case of I got a thirty rack like let's move this bar top, and we just literally walked the bar from the bicycle bar into the boneyard, yeah. and I was like, bet <laughs> 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 but yeah, we like move all the stuff in there, and uh I'm like just kind of, now I'm in this mode where I'm like, all right, cool, so like developer guy is gonna get the space rate down the street eventually. I guess I have to make because like at this point, like I'm not making money my wife's not making any money and I'm just like hanging out in this warehouse without AC or water <laughs> <laughs> or windows or windows. And I'm like, well, I guess I either have to go get a job or I can try to like hustle these bikes. <laughs> so I spent like a few months just like doing like bike repair and like building up bikes and stuff. And it actually like, worked out fine. Um, and at some point the developer dude walks by and uh I have like some homies hanging out there, we're, like crushing beers. Because I had all the beers from the bicycle bar still. And we just moved it to like a bunch of residential coolers.
0: And then you just start drinking. So while. we're just like, yeah, we just have like a bunch
1: of beers and like the homies will just like come hang out in the warehouse. Yeah. And like
0: you drink in your inventory.
1: Yeah. Because like it's gonna go bad. So like we need to drink it, you know. And uh Yeah, the the developer guy walks in one time, and there's like literally like six dudes having like a like little like (laughs) (laughs) rally race around the bar top in the middle of the warehouse on like skateboards and like kid (laughs) children's bikes, (laughs) yeah, with beers in their hands. (laughs) Sounds like a good time. And like I'm super nervous. I see him walk in, and there's like a bunch of people like just like riding children's bikes around with beers, racing. I'm like this is my
0: landlord. Is my landlord. <laughs> Can you guys, uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm like, Oh, Oh, Hey man, what's up? He's like sick. You want to start a bar in here?
0: <laughs> so that was his idea.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's like, he like just saw, like saw, I, I feel like he like probably had this planned out the whole time and was just like playing me into like starting a bar in there.
0: Were you having to pay rent to use that? Okay, no. <clears throat> so it was it was legitimate. Like that was your storage space while he's getting, yeah, the, while other he's getting the other building spot ready. Yeah, yeah, ready. And then like yeah.
1: basically like all his loan stuff during COVID, yeah. got super messed up. Yeah. So he what what happened was he realized like oh man like I have like three people on the hook to do this and it's not happening. Yeah. So he basically is like being a super tight guy. And just, like, taking care of us by letting us do a bar in the space, right? So, yeah, he, like, walks in. Like, all my, like, friends are just being, like, idiots, right? Just being, like, super dumb, like, you know, <laughs> children. And he, like, I just, like, it's just, like, that's so sick that he is, like, sees that. I don't really know him that well. And, like, we can't have it a plan down the street, but, like, there's no plan here, right? Yeah. And he's just, like would you want to start a bar in here? I'm like, yeah, that'd be sick. (laughs) You know? And I'm just like, wow, well, I guess we'll see what this looks like. And, uh, I talked to like a couple of my buddies I'm like, Hey, like you guys down to like, do this thing. And they're like, yeah, let's do this thing, man. I'm like, all right, sick. Um, and then like the developer guy comes back to me. He's like, how do you feel about the little Oso guy, Chris, and his bar guy partnering up with you? And like I and I knew they're in the development. I was like, yeah, that'd be that'd be super sick. Like, let's do that. And I don't really know either of them, like at all, really. <clears throat> um, but uh we like meet up a couple times and we're talking, and like they're super tight dudes. I'm like, okay, cool. And then it just went into this weird phase where we were so like yeah, I moved in there. Kevin's like, "Let's start a bar." I'm like, "Cool." And he's like, "How about we just make a partnership between the people moving into that development down the street eventually?" And I'm like, "Sick! That's great." Um, and then, based in a state where we're waiting for like money um, to drop for the boneyard. Um, because the developer guy is like helping us out fine. He's like backing it financially. Cause like none of us have money, right? We're all just like broke. <laughs> like, like the whole time he's talking to me about starting a barn and stuff in there. I'm just feeling really self-conscious being like, Oh man, I don't think he knows that I have like 10 bikes and like $2. <laughs> like I don't, like, I'm just, like, super worried about this. And eventually, I'm, like, I felt like it, we were, like, in a meeting or something. And I felt like I just stood up and, like, was, like, Kevin, I don't have any money. <laughs> like, <laughs> I felt like I just, like, had, like, a reaction where I was, like, super nervous about it. And then we're, like, talking about doing all this, like, crazy stuff, you know? And, like, him, like, you know, and, like, but we've never talked about the money thing. I feel like at some point I just stood up like. I'm broke. <laughs> like, I don't know what you think I have, but I have nothing. He's like, Oh, I know you're broke. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> he's like, I've seen, I, I know. I, I know. I can what, tell. He's like, I know what you, I know what you are. I'm like, all right, great. Cool. <laughs> but man, like, yeah, the develop, like without that dude, like 100%, none of this would have happened. He basically, it's just like, that doesn't like, this never happens. He like, Came up to, like, three dudes that he doesn't know that well. Especially me. He, like, really doesn't know me. And he's like, you guys want to do this thing? Uh, I'll basically take care of, like, the money stuff. And you guys just do your thing. And I'm just your landlord. He's not part of the business. And he doesn't care what we do. It's just, like, open invitation to just go crazy.
0: And, like, the most prime, In- high-rent... Real estate and the highest, yeah, like on
1: Station Street, like the number one highest rate for rent in Station Street is cutting us. Like, this just doesn't happen, yeah. And like, I'm just like out of my mind, right? Like, I'm like, this is the craziest thing that could ever happen to me, yeah. Like, this is insane. Like, I thought the craziest thing ever could happen to me was the owners of the bike shop being like, Hey, you want half the business? You know? And it's like, are you serious? You know? And like, we to do that bar. And then like Kevin walking me like, Hey, you to start a bar in this spot. And like, we'll just like do the thing. I'm like, are you serious? Like, this is crazy. Like, I, yeah, I've, I've gotten super lucky. Like I've definitely put my hustle in, but like I've gotten super lucky if like people are just like, we see what you're doing and we're down, you know, like that's wild like I get, I've gotten super lucky. It's not like, you can't, you can't work for that. Like, that's just like, you know, like I, I I did nothing to like make that happen directly. That's just like me getting really lucky. So feeling really lucky. I'm like, well, this is it, man. Like this never happens. Like this will never happen again in my life we're going to do like the craziest thing ever. I'm going to like put every effort I have into making this like the wildest place and the sickest spot of all time. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's what I'm thinking in my mind. I'm like, this is it dude. It's like, like one chance. Yeah. Like this is one chance to just like rock it. Like, you know, this is it. I got one chance to do this. Like in my mind, I'm like, <clears throat> And, like, it's really – anyways, yeah, like, I want you to do this thing. And so we're waiting on the money to drop to be able to do that, right? But, like, at this point, I'm already, like, 100% in, like, ready to do it. And I have no money, personally. <clears throat> so I'm just, like, driving around, just, like, grabbing trash and, like, <laughs> building stuff. Because, <laughs> like, our financing hasn't come in. Oh, yeah. And – I'm already like in there. I'm like, like, I don't care. I'm like, I'm going to like build the whole bar with trash. <laughs> and like, I get into this weird state where I'm working. Like, like, you no, know like I'm basically there by myself with like the homies. Right. Like not by myself. Like I'm there. And like, I have like buddies rolling by helping me out, build this thing. Not affiliated with the business. Just like, yeah, just friends, tight friends. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm i in this weird stage for like, I don't know, like six months where I'm just like, <laughs> I don't have running water in there. <laughs> I don't have like air conditioning or anything. You know, like it's like a weird spot to be when you don't have any money. <laughs> Cause like, I like, am like too broke to try to buy like water bottles every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I'm like trying to bring like water from home or whatever. Um, and then like, I don't have a toilet. Right. So. I'm like breaking down pallets and like scavenging wood from pallets to like build stuff and just like super sweaty and gnarly. And like, anytime I have to take a dump, I like have to go to the choo-choo and like the people there started to think I was literally a homeless dude
0: living in the living <laughs> in the like warehouse
1: in the warehouse or something. And like there, the security guard tried to kick me out of the choo-choo one time. Like, <laughs>
0: No, I'm starting a business next. Time. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: like, no, I'm starting a bar uh, right there, and I'm like, it's,
0: it's gonna be, it's gonna be your competition.
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was just like a we I had like a piss bucket inside, yeah. where everyone would go urinate, yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah, this is like one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me. Like, I built a little, like, I put like two, like, four of eight sheets of plywood, like, just like kind of like propped up around the piss bucket, yeah. So you know, you get your privacy. <laughs> And like every night I would go dump my piss bucket outside
0: in the drain or the- sure. <laughs> okay.
1: And, uh, like, and I'm like, I'm dehydrated. I'm haggard. I'm broke. You know, I'm just like, I'm just going crazy. Right. But like enjoying it, like this is rage. It's like the most rage thing that's ever happened. And, uh, I like get to the bone in the morning break down a couple pallets to like scavenge some like two by fours from the palace to build stuff. And I'm like, I need to urinate. (laughs) And I go outside to where I left my piss fuck the night before and someone stole it. Can't believe that someone stole it, man. And my buddy rolls up right then. And I'm like in the dumps. (laughs) Like I'm legitimately like super sad. I'm like, I don't even know where to fucking pee, dude. Like, this is the pits. (laughs) I've never been this low in my entire life. (laughs) And my buddy rolls up. He's like, someone stole the piss bucket? I'm like, yeah. He's like, dude, you only have a pot to piss in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Then did you laugh?
1: And then I'm like, I think I hit rock bottom. And then he looks at me, he's like, You know who really hit rock bottom? The dude that stole your piss bucket. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like in the moment, that was like one, like then I just like died laughing for like 45 minutes. I thought that was like the funniest thing that's ever happened to me.
0: And that's a pretty wise thing to say. (laughs) That's very wise.
1: But yeah, that, that, anyways, so yeah, there's like this weird like stage of the Boneyard that was like this like it felt like some like anarchy like group had like taken over the spot on Station Street. and was yeah. just doing crazy stuff all the time because like as soon as like we knew that we we're going to have the space, the first thing I decided was I was going to cut a van in half and use the back half of the van for the entrance and make the entrance on the back side of Station Street. That was like, I didn't really know what all was going to happen inside or what it was going to look like necessarily. But I did know I was going to get an old van, cut it in half, and you were going to walk through a van shell to walk into the bar. <laughs> Which is sick. Which is sick. So like, yeah, the Boneyard got a lot of hype just on the street without us doing any promotion. And I think it was literally just because we were like building crazy stuff on like the major drag of chattanooga for like two years yeah (laughs) you know and like we had like people calling the city saying that someone's starting like a junkyard like on station street (laughs) and we had like notices like hey you can't have like cars for sale or like scrap cars here i'm like no it's like decor it's decor that we're cutting up and like using for this and like, we got the developer guy to like send the email back to the city saying this. And oh, like, so
0: he's a heavy hitter.
1: Then the city's like, okay, yeah, you guys are good. No problem. You know, so like having that there the whole time to make this possible was like super critical. Cause like, otherwise, like, we would have been shut down immediately. Not because we're doing anything like wrong, but just like the general amount of rage that was happening <laughs> was like too high for Station Street. You know, like, if you're, like, taking an angle grinder and cutting vehicles in half on Station Street, that's just, like, not cool. Like, people just aren't cool with that. There's nothing saying you can't do it, but it's just not cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> having having the developer there to, like, respond for us, basically, and be like, no, these guys are, like, you know, artists that are, like, creating sculptures with vehicles or whatever, right? Right. To like in the States like oh that sounds great like great awesome that's like so sweet we really want to like see what this artistry looks like or whatever and meanwhile we're just like Bruh! like <laughs> just like <laughs> just like the whole mindset of building the boneyard was like you can't fake like like people want to fake Rage spaces that, like, you can tell there's, like, emotion behind it or whatever. But, like, our our whole thing with the Boneyard is, like, you can't fake actually doing it. You know, like, people know when they walk in the Boneyard that it wasn't, like, some, like, interior designer that's, like, sick that's, like, designing the stuff. Like, when you walk in the Boneyard, you, like, know that some, like, crazy dudes were, like... Like, just taking a Sawzall and just, like, cutting cars in half. Like, (laughs) you know, because there's, like, there's, like, an unfinishedness to it that, like, you know, like, someone that this is not their actual job is doing this, you know? (laughs) So, like, the whole time, it was, like, we never – we tried to make it as hard as we could on ourselves. Like, we – if there was a hard way to do it, like, we always did that at the Boneyard. So, there's like, a weird – moment for like six months where it's just like maximum rage. <laughs> like unadulterated, just like rage construction, just like insane stuff, right? And then we finally got our money drop. And that's when uh Jared and Chris, the other two guys, the other two partners really start coming in. Um and Jared, the bar guy, is very structured and detail-oriented, which is the exact opposite of me. And it was super critical to have his brain in there structuring, like, the actual build-up process because that gave me a playground to, like, build stuff in, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that was, like, really critical. And, it you know, it was still, like, rage-building, but on a schedule, and like controlled and like material Monday, you know this Tuesday, this Wednesday, this Thursday, and that let me be able to like, bah! you know, building stuff, but still like keep on schedule. So that was really critical. And we like started getting like a really good swing of things with Jared scheduling and like my like crazy and Chris being there to help some, and then I broke my ankle <laughs> <laughs> and. Jared and Chris haven't really, the other two business partners, like, haven't really built much stuff. Like, I'm definitely the construction guy of the Boneyard. And it was pretty terrifying. As soon as I broke my ankle, I was just like, this throws, like, because we had a grace period for rent where we don't have to pay rent yet, right?
0: Until you open or for a certain amount of
1: time? For a certain amount of time. Yeah. And like me breaking my ankle yeah. and potentially being out for like months of the build-up process, I was terrified. Because like I saw Jared using a drill to put screws in wood and it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm sitting there like, that, that was, as soon as I broke my ankle, the first thing I said was like, I messed up. I can't work, man. I have to be able to work. Oh, I messed up. I just, like, kept repeating that over and over. Like, as soon as I, like, got hurt. On the trail. Like, actually on on the trail. trail. that was like, yeah, I was just, like, laying on the ground like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Because, like, I've been in this whole process of, like, just, like, that, like, rage build, like, nonstop. And then, like, breaking the ankle and then just being like, oh, no. This is, like, really, really, really bad. Like, I have to work right now. I cannot take a break from working and like Jared still had his day job at this point. And I like call Jared and Chris. I'm like, yo dudes, I broke my ankle. Like we're in trouble. And like that day, Jared like quit his day job and like, it's all right, let's go. And like neither of the dudes has ever said a negative thing about me breaking my ankle. Like there was like zero negativity. It was just like full on like, all right, dude, that's the situation. Let's go. Let's do this. And like for two dudes who like I didn't know before being business partners with them. Like, I think that's pretty rare. Like, that's wild that two dudes are just like, all right, man, that's the situation. We're going to take care of you. Let's just do this. Like, that's awesome. That's like the most positive energy that like has ever happened in building a bar. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like. That is sick. Like, those dudes rule. Um, So I break my ankle. Those two dudes are like, all right, whatever, dude, let's go. Like, you can't stop us. We're just going to do this. And it's like, all right, I like that a lot. Let's keep that energy going. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, basically, like, I'm, like, sitting in a wheelchair, like, teaching them how to, like, cut wood. (laughs) And, like, I'm just, like, (laughs) like, the first thing we were doing, I was, like, building this, like, booths that have like pallet wood on the inside and like these like school bus seats. I ripped out of the school bus in Cleveland to make these like pretty like trendy, like cool looking booth things you've, you've seen. Them, yeah, right? yeah. And, uh, that like that, I was doing that while I broke my ankle. So mm-hmm. that was like the project we were in. So I'm just like sitting like in a chair, just being, like trying to and like, it's, it's like pretty difficult stuff relatively speaking. Cause like I'm, while I was framing up the walls that split these booths, it's basically like four sets of booths and they're all like enclosed. they're all walled off from each other. Like actual studded walls with like ceilings and stuff with one open face. And while I was framing the walls, I just had a wild hair. I was like, I'm just going to go down to like restore and get a bunch of like weird looking windows and just like frame them in here. Mm-hmm. So like between each booth, they're like just like weird windows that make no sense. Um, Cause I thought it'd be sick. And so while they're doing this, they're having to do like pretty tricky, like cuts to like go around the windows and stuff. And so like, it's just like me in a wheelchair trying to describe to them, like how to like make like some pretty tricky, like cuts for this stuff or whatever. And like the determination and like positive energy these dudes have while doing this is like so sick. Like it is awesome. And I think like kind of that ethos is what we took into the rest of the build out. And I think that really helped us like meld our minds together where, you know, anytime anyone wants to do something like awesome by themselves, it can be pretty sick. But if you can actually get like people that are very different from each other with a singular goal in mind and achieving that singular goal in whatever way is necessary with no ego involved, that's where like really 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 sick things start happening like once there's like no ego involved and whatever like everyone's on the same page of like whatever th- is the way to do it is the way to do it that's where like really cool stuff starts happening and i think like me breaking my ankle and like cr- like created much more of like a community aspect to what was happening than was would would have been there otherwise so it's like an,
0: that's like the upside Yeah. Do you think it's more so? I mean, really, you kind of taking yourself out of the actual physical building, like kind of enhance the project?
1: Yeah. Um, I think uh, that necessitated that. um, Especially Jared, like he had to he started thinking about what we're doing in a little bit different way. And then, like, later on, the build-up process would have, like, super sick ideas. Like, we got really into, like, finding free bricks around and just, like, laying bricks we found for, like, random stuff that no one would do. Because it's, like, super time-consuming to, like, find free bricks, yeah. clean all the mortar off, transform them to the spot. You know, then you're actually having to lay brick, which is pretty time-intensive. And, uh, Jared would like be like, yo, we should lay brick right there. That'd look sick. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It would Jared, that's a great idea. Let's do that. You know? Whereas like, I think if I broke my ankle, then like, there are things that like he, I probably would have like unknowingly just like not been able to like describe a thought process to him because I just like have always worked by myself when building things. Yeah. And now I'm sitting in a wheelchair and like have to describe like why I'm why I want to do something and why I think it'd be sick, right? Which I've been too lazy or just like felt too annoying to do before.
0: Yeah, because it's already in your head and you're like, uh, let's just do it. I don't why do I have to describe it?
1: Yeah. And it's like there's just, like lots of like little You know, things you never think about having to describe to someone to like I mean, it it felt like some like survivor game. Right. Where like there's like one person blindfolded and then like another person like describing how to do stuff. Yeah. You know, and like doing that for six months definitely gets you in like a very, very like tight mental headspace. Um, And it's pretty it's not often that you have like Jared's like a bar guy. Right. Like he if you're going to start a bar in Chattanooga. He is the number one guy you'd want. Like, he is, he's it. Like, he's the bar guy for bar programming, like, every little detail of it, all the numbers, like, keeping costs down, like, everything about the bar. He's like the guy. And when you get someone like that that has no ego about it, and like, their only goal is to achieve like the penultimate example of whatever user experience you want. And then having me where like that's how I feel at the construction side. It's never about like what I'm doing, people looking at it and being like, man, that's like like I'm not like I just wanna do the thing that's gonna like create a user experience that's gonna do X, right? Like I don't care what that is. And so having like Jared on like both of those kind of be on the same level with like what's actually important. And having me break my ankle and kind of, like, melding that together was so sick. Because now, like, we're talking fluidly about, like, the sociological aspects of, like, when people walk in, like, what's going to happen mentally? Like, what are they seeing? What are they doing? Like, where is, like, this demographic of people? Like, where will they be drawn to in the space? What do we need to do in that space to create the environment that's correct for that demographic of person, just like all like the super little nitty gritty things that Jerry and I both really enjoy and me breaking my ankle and like really melding those together became like a really cool experience of the build out. Um. So ultimately like I definitely would not have broken my ankle, <laughs> but some sick stuff happened because of that with the boneyard. So yeah, we like got into like the, ankle breaking phase where we're kind of like figuring that out. And then I like started being able to walk in a boot and stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, we had my buddy, Eric. Um, he was like an artist dude and he was a really big part of the design of the space. And like, I did a very similar thing with him, um, as far as the conversation about like what the space was and what it needed to be and like how to achieve that, like way before I broke my ankle. So like Eric and I started hanging out, uh, at the boneyard, like right when we first moved in there and we would just like sit around and just like have some beers and just like come up with like insane ideas, <laughs> you know? Um, and he's done a bunch of like, Uh, like set design for commercials and music videos on a pretty high level. And he can do like insane, like surface work. And so having like him there to be like, no, we could actually like do this. Like if I had like a idea for something, you know, like the thing I lack is like the artistic side of like doing like picking colorway, like the little like colorways um, He can, like, make, like, sheetrock look like concrete slabs. Like, Eric, like, having the brain he has and being able to do the stuff he does is, like, incredible. And we both have the same goal where we're both obsessed with time. Like, when you look at, like, a bar or an alleyway, like, we both love, like, rust stains, um, <clears throat> like, water dripping on concrete and making, like you know, dents in the concrete. Like we both find these things like incredibly intriguing and beautiful. Like as far as like what we enjoy with like design or just aesthetics of things, like we both are obsessed with like the same things. So like when we're like spitball ideas and stuff, you know, it's just like, it gets so like micro down to like, yeah, let's have like sheet metal over there. And then Eric's like, yeah, I'll put like rust stains like coming from these points. So it looks like, the water's been dripping down, you know, just like that kind of like super micro stuff that I don't think many people have the like ability to think about like Eric does. Yeah. And like, no one has an Eric there when they're building a bar out to like have that mind of things, you know? So Eric being there and like, and he, yeah, he did so much stuff. He like the fabrics stuff behind the back bar. It took them like probably a month of... So behind behind our bar, there is a massive fabric piece that's probably like 16 by 30 feet or 40 feet. And it is a chain-link fence that has bed sheets basically cut and tied onto the chain-link fence in this like insane swoopy pattern. And it's probably like 10,000 pieces of fabric that this guy like cut into like two and a half by like 12 inch strips and like tied into this pattern that he designed. And it's just like insane stuff like that. Like no one does that. And like, yeah. uh, Yeah. So Eric, I also want to make sure like he is a big factor in this. And he had like the idea to do the garage door, uh, uh, back bar. So our liquor shelving behind the bar is stored behind these like roll down garage shop doors. Um, but then also like Eric having the open mind, like that's his idea, but him being open to like spitballing and like, I really wanted to put like a white and black, like nineties looking like tile behind the liquor shelving. And like him being down to be like, yo, that is a sick idea. Let's do that. You know? And like everyone is having an open mind where like no one's ego gets in the way of a good idea. Like if some random dude out the street came into the boneyard and said like some sick idea, Like we probably did it (laughs) like the only thing that matters, like the actual like user experience and like what that looked like.
0: So anyways, yeah, that's pretty cool. After, after your legs started healing up, like how long did it take from when you had that boot to actually opening day?
1: My brain is, like, so... You've been working a lot. Warped, mentally, yeah. time-wise. Uh, Maybe six months, I guess. Four months, uh, something. Pretty long time.
0: What was What was your thoughts going into opening day? And, like, were you nervous? Were you, like, pretty confident this is going to be good? And, like, how has it been since you've been open for... A week um, or
2: two.
1: It didn't. I mean, I I still don't feel like we're actually open yet. <laughs> like, I mean, now, now I do. The past like week I have, but I mean, like when we're doing our soft opium stuff, like there's so much stuff I'm still trying to like build in there that like my mind's still kind of stuck on that stuff, um, which like really doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, like like it doesn't matter at all. And like, that's the only thing that matters to me. You know, it's like, yeah. Like I know that no one cares if they look up and there's like a busted out tube TV with a light bulb in it. But for <laughs> me, that's like, it has to happen and there have to be 20 of them, you know? And like, I have to pick them off the street and like take them apart and remove the guts and make a fake screen that looks like it's busted out and then wire up the light bulb inside. And that's like, get cable and tie the TV from the ceiling in the exact right angle so it looks just right and no one cares but I think they do care subconsciously yeah <laughs> So I mean like for me my brain's still kind of stuck on like a million little things like that and some big stuff that I'm trying to make happen. So like my brain's still definitely kind of stuck in that mode so it felt really it felt unreal that we were actually open. Like, we did our soft opening, which was, like, insane. Grand opening was insane. And, like, we've been pretty busy. The first week was insane. Um, And now it's like, okay, we're actually open. The crowd is basically exactly what we hoped for. It's a really big mix of people, which is we're on Station Street. We know we're going to have lots of people from different walks of life, right? Like, and the whole time we were building, that was a big aspect of how we were building it to try to accommodate the widest user group of people. We could. Um, and so far it's like working like comedically to plan, like the different spaces inside. Like we have like some different zones, like front patio, back patio, a couple different seating areas inside, big standing room inside. And so far it's actually working out like we hoped it would as far as like how people are dispersing and using the space. We've had like no issues. We had no real issues with like people getting fights or like anything bad. Like we, we've kicked like, I think we kicked one girl out because she fell asleep (laughs) (laughs) and like, yeah, (laughs) she was really not happy about being kicked out. Yeah, like I think, like I know that those people are like big rock climbers and outdoors people, so it's totally possible she like literally like wasn't drunk and just fell asleep, cause like she was like, yeah, I think like she may have actually not been drunk at all, but she's like I only have, like one beer. I'm like yeah, but you fell asleep. <laughs> You're at the bar. You you got. You, yeah, you, know, you gotta go. Like, if you fall asleep at a bar, like you should probably leave.
0: Yeah, because someone that's not sleeping wants that spot.
1: Yeah, well, just like you know, it also like if you're at a bar and you're surrounded by people drinking and you're asleep, like, it's not a good look. Like, <laughs> like it looks like you like
0: it's not a good look.
1: Are like blackout drunk? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you're asleep or not. Like, even just mentally for the people around you, it's just not a good look to look like someone passed out blackout drunk at a bar and like you don't know if someone did pass out blackout drunk at a bar or they fell asleep because they ran too much earlier that day so you got to go you know like that's just how it is like that like you're an adult you fell asleep at a bar it's time to go home and go sleep sleep you know like you it'd be better for you if you went home and went to sleep (laughs) and she like you know just like all my friends are here like i'm not even drunk (laughs) I don't want just explaining why I have to leave. I'm like, you fell asleep. You have to leave. But why? I'm like, well, if you fall asleep, we're going to ask you to leave, (laughs) you know? And it was really funny the next day on Instagram. We had like 1500 people throughout the night come through the door. Yeah. Like 1500 people. Wow. And like, we posted Instagram, like, like much love to everyone that came out last night. It was an awesome night. Like no drama. Like, Amazing because we're so scared, right? We're like, we're on this main drag, we have a big space, like, this is super scary, liability wise, and like, just like protecting everyone's side. And like, our biggest night happened, everything ran smoothly, and we were like, just super stoked, you know, like, yes. And then, like, the next day, like, we post that, and then we get a response from that person we kicked out, and they were like, no drama, dot, 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 beg to differ, dot, dot, (laughs) dot. (laughs) And I just thought that was the funniest thing ever. Like, their idea of drama and my idea of drama are very different. Like, (laughs) you fell asleep, we asked you to, like, leave. Like, you put up a little, you know, like, hissy fit, but you eventually went. Like, that's not drama to me. Like, drama to me is, like, some, like, screaming or some dude, like, being creepy with a woman or, like, You know, and so far, it's been awesome, man. Like, unbelievably smooth. I'm super happy with, you know, not having problems yet. And, like, in general, I think it's a pretty good atmosphere. Um, Yeah. Like, for how big the space is, I feel like everyone's, like, pretty courteous. And uh, we have a good mix of people from different walks of life and everyone's interacting well together. You know, we have like people that just usually don't see each other in their daily life. Like they just don't hang out like a table, like right next to each other. And like, I'm really happy with how it's worked out so far. Yeah. I'm super stoked. And a lot of that has to do with staffing. Like all our staff is like super positive and like our door guy that's setting the mood when you walk in the space is like very positive and very welcoming to everyone. And I think having that is, like, you know, that's one of the pieces of the puzzle to make sure that everyone, like, knows what the vibe is. And, like, you know, people, like, if someone's, like, really loud and, like, wooing or screaming, I'll just walk over and be, like, hey, you need to chill out, man. Like, you're you're just a little too, you're having a little too much fun, you know. <laughs> like, I don't want to have to ask you to leave. Like, you just need to chill out a little bit. And, like, they always chill out a little bit, you know. So, yeah. So far, it's been great. It's awesome. Yeah, and like, you know, like Chris with little, like, our food guy, Chris, one of the owners, he's like slaying the food. The food's like incredibly tasty. He's unbelievably good at making simple things that blow your mind. You know, like, (laughs) it's like, these are fried potatoes. You eat them, you're like, what? Chris, how'd you do this? Like, why is this so good? He has this cheeseburger fried rice. That, like, everyone thinks it's like a cheeseburger and then they get it and it's fried rice. (laughs) And it, like, is like incredibly tasty. And, like, it's just a weird combo, right? Like, cheeseburger, fried rice. It's so good. It's mind blowing. So, like, having that aspect as well, I think, kind of like changes people's perspective a little bit because they're like, okay. And, like, having like incredibly good cocktails. Then like people are a different mind zone. They're like, okay, this is like a creative space that people are doing things that like they actually care about. It's not just like a dive bar that has like $3 shots, right? It's like, whether you like, it's not like, it's all subconscious. Our goal is like subconsciously to be like, this is a creative space where people are doing things they actually care about. And I think that's a good way to have like a positive, create a positive environment. You know, um, and like, if someone's like, like they could have another drink, but like maybe they shouldn't just be like, Hey man, like, can I get you Uber home or like, you know, like just not over serving people. It's like that simple, you know, there's some very like simple things you can do while to run a bar to make sure you're not going to have problems. Like we like do last call like 1230 instead of like two in the morning. So that mitigates like a million problems. And then, like, if someone's, like, had a little too much to drink or whatever, or, like, before they get there, just, like, cut them off. Like, it's just that easy. Like, if if someone, like, sh- shouldn't have another drink, like, it's not worth making, like, $3 and, like, them having a bad time in the morning or that night, you know? It's, like, just be responsible and, like, help people out, you know? Like, especially, like, if I have a buddy, I know he works, like, early in the morning, it's if you have to work at five in the morning, it's 10. I'm like, yo, just go home, dude. You know, like you don't need to do this. <laughs> like this is a, like you're having like a little bit of fun right now, but it's not worth it, man. Like just go home. And if they choose to stay there, then that's their fault. But, you know, I did my thing. So I think just like having that mindset is important. You know, it's like running a bar is very difficult. And I have no clue. I do that. And that's why Jared's there. you know like jared is like bar god like i'm i'm there i'm just like plunging the toilet and like you know like stocking beer and just like making sure everyone's having a good time and not getting in trouble like jared's the bar maestro so that that frees me up a a little bit to like get the vibe right i think yeah so because i don't know how to run a bar at all well
0: you're if we're not knowing how it seems like you're doing pretty good
1: that's because Jared's there. <laughs> <laughs> if I tried to do this, it would be terrible. It'd probably be awful, man. Like, <laughs> it would not run nearly as smoothly as it does. Like, yeah, that, that's why it looks like I know I run bar because Jared's there <laughs> and Chris is there doing food. Like, you know, like I don't know how to run a bar, but it looks like I do because I don't. I don't have to do that. <laughs> I just do what they tell me to do. I'm like, sick. That's sweet. Great. I'm like, let's do that. Whatever you guys need, let's just do that thing. So, yeah.
0: So one, one thing, a little segue, one thing you do know how to do is, uh, sing opera. Is this true?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I spent a large portion of my life doing, uh, vocal performance stuff. So, I mean, at this point I'm not practiced anymore, but it is one of those weird things that friends like to bring up. Yeah. You know, it's like we're hanging out, someone nudes in the fold and we're just hanging out or whatever, and it's like one of those like weird funny things to talk about. <laughs> it's like, hey, I bet Lewis will see you some opera. Yeah. You know, like you should you should try to get him to see you some opera, <laughs> dude. <laughs> so that's that's always pretty funny. But uh yeah, I spent a large portion of my life uh singing Italian arias and, and choir and singing in men a cappella groups. In the 2000s, when that was like super cool,
0: was this was this like a job? Did you get paid for it or no? no just for fun? No, right no. on.
1: I mean, I guess I like got scholarships for college when I went there very briefly. Yeah, to college before I dropped out like six times. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's really. Do you remember like the 2000s, like acapella, like they were like singing shows that were acapella based and like TV shows that had weird, like musical numbers that were like acapella. Do you remember those? Not really. Not no, really? but that's, it was a whole thing for a little bit. It was really strange. Yeah. And I was like in high school writing that pop. So I was like a super weirdo. You're like into it. Yeah. Well, I was way into it. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of my friends I sang with got on some NBC show with their acapella group. Wow. Yeah, like right after I dipped out, I was like, I dipped out, and then like I saw all my buddies on NBC. I'm like, that's crazy, <laughs> like, that is super weird.
0: Then they saw you on YouTube flying down <laughs> yeah. Lookout Mountain.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, people's perception of me is like really weird because like some of my friends, like from way back in the day, like New Media Acapella stuff, yeah. but like I was also like mountain biking and stuff, and they seemed like they got like shot a video of me like going down Lookout or whatever. like, I hope Lewis is doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hope this dude isn't like just completely losing it. Yeah. You know? And then like for a long, like in that period of my life, everyone just knew me as this like dirt bag, just like skating's it. Like he's not looking at his future at all. And then like, they'll see me working at the boneyard and be like, Oh s- sweet man. You're like bartending. Like, yeah, I'm just doing back bar stuff here. And then they'll come up like 30 minutes later, like, you own this place? Like, that's, what? Uh, 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 like, uh, how did this happen? And it's like, I mean, it's crazy how it happened. I'm not going to go into the full thing because it's already taken like three hours today to like halfway <laughs> do that. <laughs> but yeah, it feels, feels like, yeah, it, it's weird. It's a weird life to live so far, you know? Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, the singing opera thing is, is a great party trick.
0: Well, do you want to... Um wrap this up with uh an outro of a um opera song is that what it's called opera song
1: i guess uh aria
0: Aria. probably
1: or something you know
0: yeah do you want to give us a little number
1: yeah how would you feel about me just grabbing acoustic oh i'd love that i'm just doing a little bit of that instead sure actually yeah
0: that's fine is that cool yeah let's grab it
1: all right As long as it's a metaphor.
0: <laughs> well, uh, thanks for coming over and sharing that little tidbit of your life. Um, you have quite the interesting <laughs> life. Actually, let me
1: ramble for a long
0: time. I loved it. I loved it. Cheers. Cheers. We'll see you at the Boneyard. Yes, you will. <laughs> and there you have it. Lewis Armistead. Hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I had having it. Uh, If you enjoyed this conversation and like this podcast, please leave me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And most importantly, just tell your friends. Word of mouth is huge in this wonderful, small city that we live in. Bye.